Hello, everybody, and welcome to PauseCast, a cat, a cast all about cats. Oh, no, we really turned into fat ma- cat fancy. Yes, we have. <laughs> oh, I almost called it fat mancy. What does that mean? <laughs> We're fat cats. No, fat mancy would be like magical arts revolving around fatness, right? So, Well, we'll talk about my fat off later. Okay. Meow, Jonathan. I'm still waiting for 2-1. All right. Meow, Kelly. Meow. Meow, Josh. Meow. Meow, Chris. Uh Uh-oh. I think Chris is about to vomit. (laughs) No, no, get him off the carpet, damn it. That that, that wasn't the proper vomit, son. You gotta have the wind-up, the... That's what I'm doing. (laughs) You missed that. You gotta sound a little more evil, too, before it happens. (laughs) (laughs) so this is a rpg cast 456 and this is march 17th 2018 anna's taking over the show and i have taken over the show get back in your cage so (laughs) this is an extraordinary pause cast just don't forget to feed him oh do i have to Yes. Yeah, because you could go to jail for uh, unlawful imprisonment if you don't feed him. This thing is so much harder than I thought it would be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the difference between 20 years and life in prison, so... I would like to dedicate this episode to my official fan club, Soft Paws. If you would like to join my official fan club, Soft Paws, you may send your applications to Seraphim Kitten. And if you would like to join Seraphim Kitten, you can join us live every Saturday at uh, 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern at twitch.tv slash rpgamer. Yay! So we're going to jump directly into our what have you been playing? So, Kelly, what have you been playing this week? Um, I'm moving right along in Radiant Historia. I just finished Chapter 6 on the alternate timeline and I need to go back to the main timeline and kind of push forward with that. But then I also got a little distracted trying to wrap up some side quests and saw that I I had missed wrapping up a couple. And I've got to go hunt down a bunch of the scrolls and stuff for the various characters that have ability learning quests that are still outstanding. So I can just kind of roll right through to the end. And yeah, that story uh, got pretty heavy there in Chapter (laughs) 6. Gets a little intense in the alternative timeline. Yeah, just a little bit. But I'm still enjoying this game. I can't, I mean, I can't wait to finish it, not because I'm bored with it, but just because I want to see the story kind of wrap up and I want to see what uh, the possible timeline, how that ties into it. Because I'm so, you, you played the possible timeline after the fact. I played it during. Right. So, so how many how many of the nodes have you finished in the possible timeline? Um, I don't. I'd have to look. I know that every time I've I've been doing them as I go. So every time I go back and Stock says that Nemesia has a quest for me, I always do it. 
So, um, cool. Yeah, I, I really have to look, but I know that I've done all of them up to this point. I think there's some that don't unlock until you beat the game. Yeah, I figured that that was the case, mainly because it seems like you play a chapter and after the chapter you unlock a bunch of stuff about what could have happened in that chapter. Okay. And I've also been having a lot of fun just breaking, seeing how I can break the story and get bad endings. <laughs> that game kind of drives me crazy because doing the right thing isn't always doing the right thing. Yeah, it's it's not obvious. Like um, that one quest where you have to help Gothka become a beast god and you think you're doing the right thing in that one. And then next thing you know, he's nope. Just, uh, that's he's not the right thing. He's King Kong the whole world, and the two little elf children are like, man, you really screwed up there. Yeah. I mean, at least you can jump back to the point where you've made a poor decision very quickly. Oh, oh, I know, and that's what, that's the thing that I love about it the most, is that even if you screwed up, it's really easy to go back and do the other one and see what happens, and it feels like the game almost encourages you to screw up. <laughs> And the dialogue that the two elf children give you when you screw up. I, I wish that they were sassier about it. Like, <laughs> really, really, Stock? That's the decision you made? Oh, I, I love this game so much. So, like, so Kelly. I, yeah? I got a question. Um, Like, I played this game when it came out back on DS, and I'm listening to all these different people play it, and I don't remember any of this stuff. I remember being kind of like, eh on it when I played it. And I thought you said that you had been, I thought I read on Twitter that you had been kind of like, eh, on the DS and that you were enjoying this one a lot more. So I was curious yeah. what the differences were. Um, I think the voice acting is helping a lot and that it adds a lot of character to the characters, uh, mainly because a lot of times I'll just kind of set my DS down and let the cutscene play um, and sit there and listen to the voice acting and kind of watch it like a movie. So that that has definitely helped, and I'm picking I'm picking up a lot of the nuance in the story because of the voice acting. Um, mm -hmm. I played the original DS one very sporadically. Um, that was when I lived in the apartment, so that was usually my laundromat game. <laughs> so I couldn't really pay attention to the story as well in the DS one. Whereas this this time around, I'm just you know really enthralled with the story. Mm -hmm. So I think that's kind of helped. And I don't know. I I mean, I could have been in a different place back in whenever it came out. I don't I don't remember when it originally released. Oh yeah, sometimes when you just give it more attention that changes yeah. the way it way it goes. Yeah, and and the other thing that I said pre-show is that I got real one of the reasons why I got bored with it is because it is very repetitive. Um, you're covering a lot of the same ground because you're going back and forth between a lot of different timelines and a lot of different areas. So the, the areas that you go through get very samey after you've been oh, through yeah. like Grand Orc mm -hmm. Plain or Lovisil Hills. Um, mm -hmm. You go through those areas like 20 times because you're just backtracking back and forth. I mean, the nice thing is, is you do eventually get an ability that lets you dodge enemy um, encounters. Yeah, the stealth ability, which, yeah. which is nice. And it is so easy to just run away from them. Yeah. 
I, I, if I'm in a place I've been in already, I just hit him with my sword and then just run right by him. Yep. But e- even then, this version has the anti-frustration feature in that if you want to drop the difficulty down to friendly and you can um, insta-kill things with your sword and still get, I think you still get the EXP. You do. Yeah. So you can just play it in friendly if you just want to experience the story. And if you still want to get in fights, you can just not hit him. Yep. But my dudes are so powerful right now. I'm like hovering around level 60 and I, I've only used the growth books from the DLC to kind of even people out. Like Princess Erica was only level 25 or something like that because I'd barely used her. So I just. Yeah, it's, books. it's hard to work her into your party. Um, her and Ott are like glass cannons. Yeah. So oh, yeah. like all of their all of their armor is based on pumping up their stats but lowering their mm-hmm. defense. And particularly later on there's like this really tough fight you have to do with just um stock and ot. Oh yeah, I talked about that one last week. Yeah. Where we had very different approaches. Where... <laughs> yes, yes, we did. <laughs> I don't know how you did it. I just like spammed revive spells and used I... poison. I pumped up Ott to level 90 with books. (laughs) (laughs) That was my answer. My answer was to just pump Ott until she could survive a hit. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I just, I grinded up a bunch of money, bought a bunch of revives, and yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So is there anything else that you've been playing, Kelly? Um, Yeah, Dragon Quest Heroes. I'm still trying to get through that. I think I'm close to the end because they kind of faked me out on a final boss fight there. But I've also been doing a lot of the side quests. I've uh, come up with it or I've figured out a build that's really broke the game where I take Bianca the archer and I gave her a critical hit item. And when she crits, she gets a lot of MP back. So basically, I just stand back and spam her uh, Reign of Pain ability, which is a huge lock-on that locks onto all the enemies. And I just sit there and spam that and get all my MP back. And that's kind of worked throughout most of the game until I got to a side quest where you unlock Sorrow from Dragon Quest IV. And that fight was certainly a Dark Souls-esque fight. I mean, a lot of... Poke and roll gameplay where you had I had stab to like kind of yes stab and then roll and then stab and then roll and then when he gets down to half hit points he goes into high tension mode where he's just brutal. Do you have to and dodge any you, fire bursts or anything? Yeah, and oh, what you well really is str- a Dark Souls fight. <laughs> yeah, and the strategy you had to do was like build up all the tension on all four characters before he gets into that mode, and then pop all of the tension attacks and just hope that he goes down and it's certainly that that was a dps check because i would get him down to like a sliver of health and then he would just annihilate me but i finally brute forced the fight last night and now i have sorrow in my party but i didn't get a chance to test him out yet he's supposed to be a really brutal attacker when he's in your party so i might swap out uh yangus for him and um, I also didn't realize that Jessica from Dragon Quest Eight was a good healer in that game until now. 
But yeah, Dragon Quest Heroes, I'm still enjoying it, though I, I will admit using Bianca to kind of spam arrow attacks has made the game a little bit samey. But I don't know. I, I hate it when I find a really broken build that's really useful, but it kind of trivializes the game in a way. I don't know if you guys experience that or not in certain games. I, I love going for broken builds. That's part of uh. my fun. <laughs> <laughs> but he also cheats like a mofo, so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I, if I really wanted to, I could, you know, hop onto a melee character and do some hits, but some of the enemies in that game get pretty brutal towards the middle. Like, you get a lot of stuff that freezes you and stun locks you, and I, I was kind of trying to run around on a sword character in Dragon Quest Heroes, and I was just getting ragdolled all over the place. So it's like, okay, back to Bianca, sitting back, pew-pewing everything so yeah i'm hoping to finish that before nino kuni 2 comes out which is tuesday yeah all right yeah so you got three days get yeah. on it i will if i don't get too busy or fall asleep all right i want to hear from josh because an nda lifted this week oh no wait uh, wrong wrong t wrong no. one sorry Right, I keep forgetting Sam's the one that's playing. And now we're going to get sued. Thanks, Anna. What? <laughs> she can talk about it. The NDE lifted. He keeps... The problem is, is he keeps drooling over all of her tweets, which is what keeps confusing me. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> well, uh, But yeah, you've been getting Sam... ready for Yakuza 6 by playing Yakuza yes. Kiwami. Correct, correct. Okay. So see, see, remind me, Kiwami see, is the remake of the first game. Yes. It's okay. the, re the PS4 remake of the first game in the, God, I can't remember. I think it's the Yakuza 0 engine, but it may not be. It may it have been is. the early one. No, it's doesn't totally, really matter. It's very similar to Yakuza 0. Yeah. It, anyway, so this is like the first time I've ever actually played the first Yakuza game because I got into the series with Yakuza 3. So my experience with one was watching that whatever it was, like eight-minute movie they included with the Yakuza 3, kind of summarizing those games. Okay. So it's it's been a lot of fun to play, especially much more so from a story standpoint, because you play 3 and 4 and 5, and you have this gigantic cast of reoccurring characters like Date, the, uh, the, uh, um, the police officer who continually helps you from time to time. I'm trying to remember. I think he may have already have left the police force by... Yakuza 3, but it was 3 or 4 when he left, but you know, you're getting back to the original game where you've got the 100 million dollars that has been stolen and you know, they're pinning the blame on Kiryu and you've got to figure out like you've you've just gotten out of jail, you've spent 10 years in prison for a crime that you didn't commit and you know, like all hell is breaking loose between the different Yakuza factions and of course Kiryu has to go in and punch people and fix things. Cuz hit the bikes and road and signs. Hit them with bikes. Um, pepper spray, <laughs> baseball bats, fish. Um, I'm not exaggerating on any of these things is the fun part. An orange. No. Um, no. No, I got the fish cannon the other night. <laughs> Where it's like a giant marlin, but somehow it's also a cannon. Um, I don't know. Kiwami is the game with... Um, um, 
Who's the guy with the iPad? Majima. Majima, Majima everywhere, every- right? Yes, yes. So he will pop up. He both he does. Um, uh, there are just times when you'll wander around Camarochero and you'll just run into him, and he'll want to fight you. But then there will also be times where he will like um, uh, hide in a disguise and sneak up on you. So he might hide as a police officer yes, and kind of sneak found up that on one. you and fight you. And then there's another time I've gotten to where he uh, he dressed up as a hostess. <laughs> um, <laughs> like you go to a hostess club. That's disturbing. <laughs> Exactly. Very. <laughs> yeah, Majima's great. Um, I'm, I'm start. The further I get into it, the more. Well, actually, the further I get into it, the better it's getting. When I when I started playing the game, like I could kind of see. I think Sam rated this one a little bit lower than the other ones. Mm-hmm. And at first, I was kind of surprised by that. But after playing it, like it, you can still tell this was the first game. Like the side quests aren't quite as much fun as the later games are. There's no. There's no uh, reenacting thriller with Michael Jackson like there was in Yakuza 0. Nothing crazy and fun like that. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I'm still spending lots of time wooing hostesses. Lots of time. Oh, man, I've spent put way too much time into pocket car racing because that's just like it absolutely speaks to eight year old me. (laughs) (laughs) Because I had one of the, I, it wasn't exactly pocket car, but I had one of those things when I was a little kid. So it's just like, ooh, I get to do this all over again. <laughs> so much fun. <laughs> but that, that's most of Yakuza Kiwami. It's been fun. I'm in, I'm enjoying it. And the other thing I played, and I've only played just a couple hours of this, but I think Jonathan's played more of it, is uh, Into the Breach. That's so the new FTL John- game. Yeah, from the FTL makers. So hopefully Jonathan jumps in if I get anything wrong. Because I only played it for like a couple hours last night and 20 minutes before the cast today. So it's, yeah, it's like FTL. So it's much like FTL, you know, it's it's rogue, it has roguelike elements where you're doing a run. And if you fail, you get some, you know, depending on how you do in that run, you'll get something you'll unlock some things that you think you can then use on your deck this time instead of having like a ship going through space you're you're getting a squad of mechs and you have like an eight by eight grid and it's tactical combat on the grid and so a lot of this is it's almost well i mean it's it's styled like a strategy rpg it does have rpg to it for each and we're losing josh again god of course. Guy. Yeah. You're Boys. I mean, you come back and then the more you talk, the more you go away. <laughs> now turn off your torrents and your Skypes and I don't know what Nothing you need to do. On. I went and turned everything off. Sometimes Steam eats up a lot of bandwidth. Yep, don't have Steam on. Okay. Made sure to shut everything off today and it's still doing it to me. But I'm back now. Um Anyway, you have a, a team of three mechs, and they can all be upgraded. That's where kind of the RPG elements come in more this time. And so you've got these units on an 8 by 8 grid, and a lot of it is more like... Um, it, it's almost like a, a more chess, really, than, than a typical strategy RPG. A lot of it really is... All the enemies will telegraph their movements. And on these on these maps, you'll have, like buildings that you need to defend or 
you know, like you'll have to defend your own units from enemy attacks. You'll see where the enemies are going to attack, and then you'll have to use all of your attacks in part not only do damage, but they impart momentum to the enemy. Oh, so you're dying again. Sp- <clears throat> Stupid Skype. It feels like you're falling away from the microphone. And you come back whenever you say, <laughs> it's like, as soon as Skype knows that you noticed, it stops. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so weird. It doesn't cut out. It just fades. fades away. <laughs> it's really bizarre. Anyway, the, so a lot of it is about, it's not just about attacking the enemies and doing damage. It's about like maneuvering them around the, around the map. Like all, all of these insect like enemies, they can't swim, so if you can knock them into water, they'll immediately die. Or you can knock them into mountains, and it will do extra damage. So oh, there's the that's the, cool. There's the, yeah, so there's the thought of not only just like moving your characters around the map and just doing damage to kill them, but it's also about trying to maneuver the enemies around the grid so that they're not doing damage to you or any of the uh, buildings you're supposed to be uh, defending. So, like, FTL, instead of, like, the... Man, it's been a couple of years since I played it. I I think it was, like, overall armor of the ship was the thing that you had to maintain all the way through. Yeah. This time they call it it the power grid. So it's, like, you can only have, like... Each time one of those buildings on these maps are destroyed, the power grid goes down. So you've got, like, ten buildings that you can allow to die across the entire mission. And, of course, there are ways to kind of, like, build that back up, you know, depending on the missions you select. It's kind of like XCOM-like in that respect, where you'll have different missions that are open to you, and they will have different potential bonuses, depending on if you're able to carry out secondary secondary, um, requirements. And so you might get extra health back to the uh, power grid, or you might get an extra upgrade for your character um you also get like the uh, prestige points where the the game is also split up like you're jumping from island to island as you go then at the end of the island hold on you're gonna have to say all that again something about the end of the island and i'm I'm back now Yeah. yeah so at the at the uh in this game, you're like as a part of it, you're jumping from island to island. Each of the islands is discrete, and it'll have like eight different missions. And you get prestige as you're doing each mission. And then at the end of the island, you kind of have to spend that prestige on uh, upgrade. So, yeah, reputation they call it. Reputation. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> so it, it it's been. Like I've only played it a couple of hours, but it it's been pretty rad so far. I'm I'm digging. I haven't even finished an entire mission yet. An entire run. I haven't died. Yeah, and there's different way you can do there's four total islands and an in game. So you can attack the in game after two islands and it stops the enemy stops scaling uh depending on how much progress you have. Uh how built up your mechs are so there's a strategy in doing just two islands and jumping over if you feel like you have enough good stuff on your mechs or you have a really good power grade and you want to stretch all four islands and really try to pump up your mechs with a bunch of different weaponry 
So you get these little uh, reactor cores that uh, power up different functionalities of your mech, and sometimes it'll power up what your mech pilot can do. And uh, you can also, with your reputation or these pods that land on the ground during the map that you can pick up, you can equip your mechs with new abilities that, and those can be, say you have a, you know, a shot that hits a, a projectile, hits the mech, or hits an enemy, a zek they call them, and it knocks them back. And uh, you can spend a reactor core to do plus one damage, and you can spend another reactor core to do this, or there's this guy with a whip that chains a bunch of uh, electrical attacks through uh, either enemies, um, other mechs, or buildings. Uh, the base it doesn't hurt, uh, doesn't travel through buildings, but if you give it a plus one, uh, spin the, one of those reactor cores on it, it'll travel through buildings. So it'll hit everything that's starting that, that's connected and, and not hurt the buildings. And so you can really chain a, a large attack together. But it also has its drawbacks because a lot of your attacks can hit allies and or your buildings. And so you got to put all of that into account because. Yeah, I'll do this, but uh, I'll knock this building down and lose a uh, reactor. Or, or sorry, lose a uh, power grid from that building and have casualties. So there's a lot of um, uh, tug of war kind of, okay, yeah, you do this, but it may do this. So you really have to get creative in the order of how you do things and and what you do. Some of the most fat, satisfying things are to be able to like pull and push enemies uh, into each other. Mm-hmm. So they either block the other attacks or they kill each other or something like that, which is, uh, you know, like a two for one or a three for one kind of thing you can set up. It's really nice. Yeah, like I, I just got a weapon the other day and or, or last night and I equipped it and it's this cannon. Instead of just shooting in one direction, it shoots in opposite directions, like 180 degrees from one another. Mm-hmm. Which I equipped it, and it seems great. And then, then I realized, like, oh crap! I've got to make sure that I'm not shooting any buildings when I attack an enemy. So now it adds like a whole different, a whole different thing to it. <laughs> yep. And uh, so yeah, there's the drawbacks to adding that weapon. There's a a bunch of others that have those kind of similar effects. There's some weapons you can equip that damages yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you'll do two damage to these enemies, but you'll hurt yourself by one. And then sometimes the reactor core will like, okay, you no longer take self-damage, stuff like that. And then uh, if your mech dies during a mission, your mech doesn't go away. It's gone for that mission, but your pilot dies. So any progress you've made in that pilot, that mech is now pilotless and doesn't the obviously your, your pilot's no longer going to get XP. So until you can find a new pilot for him, he's just going to be the baseline, no, pi- you know, no bon- pilot bonus mech. Um, another thing I is... I haven't been able to tell every once in a while, like pods drop out of the sky from like yep. the future and they carry like pilots and other bonuses. Is that done at the end of each island right before the boss or is it just random? It's random on each map. Okay. And you will get uh, either you pick it up or you keep it safe and you'll get the rewards at the end of that little uh, uh, portion of the map, that little mission. But no, yeah, it's uh, as far as I can tell, it's random. Yeah. And uh, this game also, it has achievements, but the achievements mean something. So you get achievements. Every achievement you unlock is, is a coin. And you use those coins to unlock new mech squads. So I think there's 10 or 8 default mech squads in the game. And uh, there is a random and custom squad where you can mix and match mechs from different squads together that you've unlocked. 
Yeah, that's and, just like FTL. FTL had that with the different ships that you could start each run with. Yeah, most of these are um, themed as well. So, like, there's, like, the fire guys and the, the freeze guys where you can freeze your enemies in the place. And, and the Rusting Hulks is one of my favorites that um, uses a lot of smoke. And the smoke, if the guys are in smoke, they damage. So if an enemy gets in smoke, it can't attack. Or if you're in smoke, you can't attack. But the Rusting Hulks ones... Uh, one of the guys' ability, if you're sitting in smoke, the enemy's sitting in a smoke at the uh, beginning of the turn, they take a damage. So uh, strategy is to get them all in smoke and they can you know, start taking damage like that. So it's pretty fun and pretty addicting. Mm-hmm. Much like it, FTL was. Yeah. <laughs> it's simple yet complex in a way. And... You know, you usually have all the tools. You usually don't get screwed, that frustration or anything like that. I mean, you know what's going to happen. you got to set your guys up. The only time you guess you can or when the enemy just goes in this really annoying spot and you just, you're just you stuck and there's nothing you can do. There's, some, there's sometimes cases where you can get yourself where there's nothing you can do. Something's going to happen. And there's been a few. I've gotten in two final battles that I should have won now where I was kind of sloppy. And like left my one of my mechs. That, so there's environment things that happen, like uh, tidal waves, like he's talking about, or in the end of the in the games, there's a uh, lava squares, and it'll, it'll pop up at the beginning of the round. Okay, these four are going to be lava next turn at the end of the turn. And uh, so I'm going through, and I forget, and I leave one of my guys in the lava square, and I knew it was there, and I knew I shouldn't have, and I just totally missed it, and then I'm like, oh crap, and then I lose a mech, and so then I lost. Stuff like that can happen, so you got to be careful. But it's simple, but it's a lot of fun. Yep. But that—that's all I've been playing. <laughs> well, then we should jump into what Jonathan's been playing. Okay. Well, that's been one of them. Let's see how many hours do I have on it so far? Since I started playing it after the podcast, okay, I've played 14 hours this week, so I played it a good bit. Um, I think I've won three or four now, and I've done it with two islands, three islands, and four islands. So that's uh, one of the achievements to do. So I made sure to do that. Um, I think we've covered that enough. I'm still playing War Song, like I talked about last week. I think I'm on chapter 12 now. Trying to knock these out here pretty soon, so uh, we can do the uh, backtrack on it here in the next couple weeks. Uh, it's more of the same, not a, not a lot of new stuff to bring up. Uh, and the, I've got a full contingent of heroes now, all eight, so the maps are a bit bigger and a, a bit longer just because more troops on the board, more enemies. My other cool thing, well. Last weekend, right after the show, my brother-in-law came into town for a few days, and he he loves gaming and retro gaming, and uh, another friend came over and kind of had a little retro gaming night with the Genesis and Super Nintendo. Ooh. Yeah, played some Streets of Rage 2, they were playing some Goof Troop, uh, all the okay. old school goodies, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, have you ever played that Goof Troop game? No. It, it really... You don't really, it's, it doesn't really be a, a, a trip, tripping over myself. It doesn't have to be a group, group troop game. It's just the characters of that, but it's kind of a cooperative puzzle game. I think I watched the Game Grumps play that one. 
it, it, I watched them play, but it was actually pretty cool. And it's that um, top down, top down one. Yep, yep. And you smack enemies. You kind of work together to solve puzzles and and get to the. And there's some combatish type element. You pick stuff up and throw things at them. But you know, it could be anything. It could be any character. It's just the two goof troop sprites on it kind of thing. So. Oh. If I'm remembering correctly, that's a completely different. That particular game is a completely different series in Japan, and they just skinned Goose Troop characters on it for the U.S. release. That would not surprise me, and it would make a lot of sense. Yeah, I think there's a Hardcore Gaming 101 article about that style of game. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. Yeah, they've done that with a few type of games like that too. So that yeah, that would not surprise me at all. So. I don't know, it's worth checking out. You may, oh, one of those little, you know, kitty Disney games or whatever where, you know, back in the 16-bit era, some of those are the really good ones or some of those are really good games with just Disney reskins and, like, Lion King on the Super Nintendo. That's a really hard game. It's not really for kids, I guess, because of the difficulty. So there's, there's several of those. There's some really crap ones, too. So don't get me wrong. So you just got to look into each one. But that Goose Troop's not bad. It looked it looked more interesting than I was thinking it was gonna be. And what else did we play? Some uh, King of Dragons, and I'm missing out something. A little side note about that Goof Troop game: it was designed by Shimi, Shinji Mikami, <laughs> aka Resident Evil guy. Hmm. So, <laughs> wow. and then that Tuesday or Wednesday. My Super NT finally arrived. What the, we talked about it last week. Yep. It's really nice. Um, played up on my big screen through the stereo system. The you know the the sound is booming, hitting the bass notes. It sounds awesome. Uh, I was playing some Sunset Riders, King of Dragons. I think I played some Mega Man X Three. Sunset Riders. That's the yeah. game that everybody compares Wild Guns to all the time. Yes. Actually, I think Wild Guns is even kind of more of a... Well, Wild Guns is more of a rail shooter. It's an arcade Sunset shooter. Riders, yeah. yeah. Sunset Riders is like a side-scrolling shoot 'em up Not shoot 'em up a uh, side-scrolling running gun, I want to say. Like, um, kind of Contra-esque in a way. Interesting. So you, it's a platform you jump around a little bit, and you shoot in uh, all, you know, all eight directions, diagonals and stuff. Uh, and your cowboys, obviously. Hmm. And uh, there's also a Genesis version, but it's not as good. It's uh, missing some of the levels, and the sound's not as good. So the better version is the Super Nintendo version. I used to play the Genesis one on the Sega channel back I mean, in the day. It's, <laughs> the Sega one's not a bad game, per se, in, in, in a also, vacuum. Also, we found the only person who had the Sega channel. <laughs> yeah, I really wanted the Sega Channel and didn't get it. It was certainly ahead of its time. It was like a Netflix for games. Yeah, they wouldn't buy it for me. It wasn't available in Canada. Made me sad. But the, the Super NT is impressive. It's like it's pretty small. I mean, that thing's like wow, it's so heavy. They jammed a lot in that little plastic case. I I got it. I was playing something on the TV and my wife came in to check it out and she was like, Oh wow, this looks amazing. She was kind of blown away by it. And she's like, it looks like a modern game. One of those modern games that has the retro look to them, just the way it makes the, 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 the super Nintendo games look You can also uh, increase the pixels uh, with the 64 bit mode on it and stuff. So 
Um, and you, you can play around with the smoothers and the filters and you can add, you know, fake scan lines and do all kind of stuff to, you can really tweak it to, to look the way you want these things to look to a degree. I mean, some of these features you're if you, you've messed around with, you know, SNEX 9X or something like that, you can get a lot of that same functionality and it's not going to have some of the functionalities that all the emulators have is there's no safe states or anything like that, but it's basically meant to be another Super Nintendo with some uh, audio visual tweaks. Oh, and what also is cool is it comes with um, Super Turrican, the uh, collect uh, the not the collector the um, director's cut because uh, some of the game was cut when it originally released, and Super Turrican two, and uh, those are uh, another couple fun uh, run and gun games. I guess similar to Sunset Riders to a degree, and uh, what they play more um, similar to Contra. How is the pen connection on that? Because one of the reasons why I've been reluctant to get replica consoles is because the pens on those I've heard damage uh, your games because of how tight they are. No, this one this is fine. Uh, I know okay. the Retron Five had issues kind of with that. Yeah, and it really grabbed. But it, I've seen some where it damaged the cart. It's pretty rare. Those pens are pretty tough. What more I've seen is the the actual pin connector on the uh, clone console break when they're too tight like that. Usually the carts break that and not the other way around. But I have seen where it stripped some. Uh, I've seen a few pictures in the stories where it, it, it ruined their, their the pins on their games from it. But mm. no, it's, it, it feels like you're sticking into a Super Nintendo. Okay, that that's good. Now, it may even be a slight bit tighter, but it's not like the Retron 5 with a death grip. Well, I mean, it, it needs to be a little bit tight yeah. to read, but that's the whenever I looked into clone consoles, that's like the main thing that I've read is that the pens are so tight that they damage. And this and, one is a special clone console. So it is a clone in a way, I guess technically, yes, but it's like it's like a it's the FPGA, sorry, the FPGA, the field programmable Gatorade. So it's really. It's like a Super Nintendo. It's not like here's some hardware that's got software trying to emulate a Super Nintendo, like most clone consoles you see. So right. this, there's not going to be any any latency changes, any kind of accuracy issues, that kind of stuff. So that's what made it so appealing to me as opposed to other clone consoles. Because I have a Retron 5, but mm-hmm. you're just emulating games on that, and which is fine if that's what you want to do. There's nothing wrong with emulating, and it's probably going to look just as good on your TV if you say if you hooked up your PC and emulated and and you know put 1080i or sorry 1080p connection out to your TV and you know went through all that. Right. But this plays my carts and this plays it from the cart. Whereas like a Retron Five, you're not actually playing the cart. It's taking the ROM file, putting it in memory, and then running the ROM file. Yeah. So it's, it gives you the illusion of you're playing the cart. Um. And some people, it doesn't matter. That's well, they don't care. That's fine. And I totally get that. But uh, so that that's what. And a problem they had with the NT, which is the Nintendo version. It was, you know, for one, it was twice the cost or more. It was four hundred fifty dollars. The NT Mini. Uh, this was kind of high. Had the aluminum case, but I also heard that if with the cart in place, you just kind of barely tap it and move it, you lose your uh, connection. Or this oh. seems like you can kind of jostle around a little bit and it doesn't mess it up. So, well, that's good. 
Yep, and uh, they have it has an uh, SD card slot. And if anyone knows anything about the NT minis, uh, they kind of an authorized jailbreaking of it, where you can load a bunch of stuff on it and make it play a bunch of other things. So I wouldn't be surprised if that functionality. It's like an unofficial but official jailbreak for the system. But if they they allow that to happen for this in the future, so you can get a lot more functionality with it beyond just playing your cards. Yeah, I'd be curious if you could do fan translations with that jailbreak functionality, like with the Retron. That would be interesting because I have probably a dozen Super Famicom carts. And does uh, it play as Super Famicom carts? Yes, it does. Cool. And and Anna, hold your ears. Oh. It plays it, it plays the flash cards too. <laughs> I know Anna's not a fan of those. Uh, I, I've got a, I've got a bunch of uh, SFC carts too because I've been able to pick them up for fairly cheap just at retro game stores. Oh yeah, that's, you know, and maybe up until a few years ago, that was really the way to play a lot of those high expensive Super Nintendo games and have the mm-hmm. real carts is get the Super Famicom cart for a quarter of the price and for anything but an RPG for the most part you didn't really need it to be in English. Um, maybe you learn what the menu, you know, things were, and some of the menus are even in English and the, and the Japanese and just the dialogues in Japanese. So, however, I think the, the, the golden age for doing that has kind of come to pass in some of the higher end ones. Cause now some of the super Famicom carts for the, you know, 50, $60 plus super Nintendo games are getting up there as well. Oh yeah. Um, I was looking to get my husband a Super Famicom copy of Super Metroid just because he likes collecting those, and that one is like stupid expensive mm-hmm. now. There's a, there's a few games too where the Super Famicom version is uh, slightly, or it's not um, uh, censored as much, or whatever you want to call it, where if they neutered some of the offensive material when they brought it to the Super Nintendo. And uh, so there's some you can look at it. There's a whole bunch of them to where they take some of the that out. So some people seek out the Super Famicom version because it's the less censored version Mm -hmm. for what it's worth. So that's mostly what I've been playing. I I haven't played my Super NT as much as I'd like. And the reason being is, well, a lot of my Super Nintendo games are, are RPGs. And so I didn't want to start a whole new RPG right now because I'm trying to finish Warsong. I don't want to get sidetracked too much on that because I've committed to finishing that one. Uh, But I hope to be playing it a little bit more and and I can give more feedback on it later. That's it for me. All right. So I finished Metopia this week, which was really fun. I think I talked about it last week, right? Flip sheet. Scroll up. Yes. So Miitopia is a game where you use Mii's to put people into roles and then you play through a little RPG. It was way beefier than I thought it would be. It is like a legit long RPG. It took me like 30 hours to beat it. Yeah. So all in all, I rescued 1,255 faces. Yay for the faces. Lucifer was stealing faces. Lucifer should not (laughs) do that. (laughs) How is that different from real life? (laughs) (laughs) Lucifer made a very good Dark Lord. It was just perfect. (laughs) 
and I kept tweeting him screens and he was just eating it up. It was fantastic. And so I made people that I had on my 3DS friends list, various people in my party. So it was like Chris and Max Storm and my buddy Tom and they got kidnapped. And so I made Ninji and um, Zero and um, Doug and then they got kidnapped. And yeah, I kept adding people and they kept getting kidnapped. So then I had to go rescue them. But it was really fun. I had a, I got a big kick out of it. Um, and the cool thing is, is it, it actually ends up opening up into this huge end game. So after you beat the Dark Lord, um, you end up getting an even darker Lord. <laughs> um, and you can play damn near infinitely. Um, the, the downside, and it's not really a downside when you think about who the game is aimed at. Um, the air quote downside is that once you get to post game, all of your content is gated, um, by daily quests. That being said, if you want to do all three of the daily quests, that's probably somewhere between four to six hours of content on a daily basis. Phew. So, um, you could infinitely play that game realistically. If you wanted to, it, it's hugely beefy. Um, it is also hugely repetitive. So um, by the time I was done, I was happy to take a break from it. It is the kind of game that I enjoyed playing while I was doing other things. So I did. I listened to a lot of audiobooks while I was playing it and watching Chris play Monster Hunter and watching TV and stuff like that. So it was really enjoyable. I paid six bucks for it last year during the Amazon Prime like discount snafu, yeah, fail, yeah, glitch um, sell. I certainly got my money out of it and more. I think it's worth more than six dollars. I actually kind of am sad that I don't have it digitally because I think it's the kind of game that I would go back to. Um, occasionally, if I had it digitally, but having it physically, that's very inconvenient. So I'm in some ways kind of bummed. So the nice thing is, is I finished Miitopia um, the day that Demon Gaze 2 arrived. So I have been mentioning on Twitter that there was a few games that I was looking for um, on the cheap. And I actually had three different people offer to load me the game. Um, so I just took the first one. <laughs> and so um, Monday, Demon Gaze 2 showed up in the mail. And so I've been playing Demon Gaze 2. And have you so, been maintaining girls? I have been. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I talked about this on Twitter. So I'm officially further in Demon Gaze 2 than I ever got in Demon Gaze 1, which is incredible. <laughs> um, and so as you go along in Demon Gaze 2, um, plot, plot, um, enter dungeon, conquer circles, beat... Um, owner of dungeon, suck into eye, get girl in party. When you have a couple of girls in your party, you unlock what is called maintenance, which is a touching minigame. <laughs> <laughs> which probably makes more sense on the Vita than it did on PS4. <laughs> the nice thing is, is so far, it is not super pervy. There's only one girl that I've had to touch in an inappropriate place. 
I never figured out if it was random or if there was like set places that you had to touch because it would change all the time. Yeah. So it seemed I I don't know either. (laughs) But I mean, Pegasus, who looks very young, even though she is the oldest out of everybody. Of course. Um, All of her touching points seem to be around her face and neck. So, no perviness. Thank God. (laughs) That being said, Leo, who has a giant rack, a lot of her touching points have been around her chesticular region. (laughs) And in fact, I have gone, I have done enough maintenance with her that I have gone on several dates with her. And one of the dates... Uh, we were sparring, and I accidentally grabbed her boob. Because <laughs> that's never happened in a game before, you know. Nope. <laughs> so this game is like trope, 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 trope. Tons of them. So many tropes. And, but they're really well really... handled, and they're really funny, and they're really wittily written. So I don't mind them because they're funny. It's generally well done, and the voice acting's really good, too. Yes. So, and it's funny, because Leo was like, did you just touch my boob? (laughs) This date is over. Yes. And so, it was good. It was hilarious. So, I'm going to tweet some pictures, because it was really funny. So I do tweet about the games that I'm playing. If you don't follow me, I am A.M. Privateer, P-R-I-V-I-T-E-R-E. So you can follow along. I hashtag my games when I tweet about them. So if there's a particular game that you don't want to get spoiled, you can always just mute the hashtag. So I like it. I I'm, I just can't help but laugh because my mom got me this game for Christmas and I don't think she exactly knew how pervy it really was. It's not super pervy, um, but I did get my first male demon. And so like I immediately DM Josh and I'm like, do I maintain my male demons too? Yes, you totally can. They get scantily clad for you too. Awesome. <laughs> Yay. I, I, I need I need updates on the Santa. <laughs> I I will send you updates. I I have a fair amount of uh, maintenance crystals, so I will go maintain Canis post haste. <laughs> um, so I have run into a bit of a brick wall, um, and part of it was so, and it was kind of like a perfect storm of things going on. Um, so I got to this bunny. And I just couldn't beat it. And I didn't understand what was going on because my party was getting out of order. And I didn't understand how to put my party back in order. The whistle. Yeah. And so (laughs) it was a perfect storm of three things. One, I hadn't reached level 15 on my main character and unlocked the whistle spell. Ooh. ooh. (laughs) Number two, when there are abilities on items, they don't tell you what they do. So I didn't know what Whistle did. So I had (laughs) Whistle items in my inventory, but I didn't know what they did. I didn't know what Whistle did. It isn't until you unlock a spell on a character 
and there's a longer explanation on on the character's ability or spell that you start to understand what things do and that is a severe deficit in the game i tell you anna when you were going through that fight it reminded me of your time with the first game where you were just shouting at it and there was no consoling you (laughs) (laughs) it was great and so yeah and that and three in general i think i'm really under leveled for that fight um and i think that i have sort of been neglecting to put points into vitality in general so i think my hit point pools are really tiny mm-hmm. yeah just one or two levels makes a huge difference in that right. game so what i have done is i have backed completely out of that dungeon because I, I was given the choice between two different dungeons, and I went to the bunny dungeon. Mm-hmm. So I've completely backed out of that dungeon, and I've gone to the other dungeon that I can go to. And I'm using that dungeon to level up. And that's when I unlocked Whistle, and I went, aha, that's what Whistle does. <laughs> <laughs> so what Whistle, there are enemies that um, mess up the order of your party. When you cast Whistle, it restores the order of your party. There, yeah, there are enemies that move the back row to the front row and vice versa. Yep. So your mages and, and other characters who are have weak defense get stuck in the front row and then usually get slaughtered pretty quickly. Right. But I mean, I was also finding in general that like I was taking a ton of damage in that fight. Mm. And also Yeah, she... it'll let you stumble it'll let you stumble into an area that you, you, you probably aren't ready for yet. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm doing the other dungeon. I've gained a couple of levels. I'm going to see how far I get in that. I've knocked the difficulty down as well to easy. Ah, that makes it much easier. Yeah. (laughs) So like it's called the right name, perhaps it's called lukewarm. Oh, (laughs) okay. The hotter it is, the harder it is. Mm-hmm. So we uh-huh. will go through that dungeon and go from there. <laughs> and if I can't beat that boss, I'll grind out some more levels. But yeah, just getting to 15 and getting Whistle, I think, would have resolved the problem. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. Uh, that that was my only other issue with the game was that sometimes the regular enemies were so easy that you didn't really have to learn and use the abilities. And then you get into one of those tough fights and get slaughtered. And oh, yeah. Didn't yeah. Know why and you... I mean, that's something that I was messaging about. It's like that is that was my complaint earlier on in the game. It's like regular enemies are so easy that by the time you get to a boss, it's like it you get really bad whiplash. I am at to the I am at the point where regular enemies require strategy. Yeah. So yeah, that starts a, happening. That's a change. So I'm actually using skills in normal fights now. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a change. Yeah, the balance was just a little bit off. Mm-hmm. At least it was on normal difficulty. I don't know what it's like on the harder difficulties. Yeah, I mean, you might have needed to need, you might have needed to use them earlier on the harder difficulties, but I don't play games on harder difficulty. <laughs> <laughs> nope. No, thank you. I'm Easy Street. Yep. Yep. Mac and I stroll arm in arm down Easy Street. 
Hey, me too. I, I very rarely play games on even normal difficulty now just because I don't really want to hit my head against a wall. So that's what I've been playing. I think, Chris, you're the last one to go. Oh, am I? Yep. Yay. What have you I, been playing? I've been playing lots of Monster Hunter. Yeah, but you're done. Why are you still playing it? Because there's lots of things to still do in it. Okay. But like you've high been level equipment to your, rank. You've, you've, you've been playing games on your laptop. You have so no you... interest in my Monster Hunter, no. do you? Talk about interesting things, like but the things you've been playing on your laptop. I killed Nergicante again, and I killed the... Oh, wait, I died to him. Um, I killed the flesh Where's my dragon eater? Where's my dragon eater? Um... What have I been playing? Oh, on my laptop. I played two games. We've been talking about them in the past couple of podcasts. Um, what video is this? This is supposed to be the Hermes fight. This no, is this, this is, is not what it, this is I, not Demon Gaze two. This is Demon yeah, Gaze one. one. Okay, I clicked the wrong thing. Okay. Sorry. Okay. Um, no, I haven't been playing Into the Breach. What have I been playing? Into no Lost in the Dungeon. So it turns out that game came out first on uh, iOS, and um, so he got it on PC, and then he's like, "Man, this feels like an iOS game." So then he downloaded it on his iPad. No, I found out when I was on the Steam forums, just browsing around to see what people thought of it and what patches and stuff were coming. Mm -hmm. Someone mentioned like you. Oh, I was reading the reviews. That's what it was. Oh my gosh, they totally say you could play across platforms and on mobile, but you totally can't. This is this is just the Steam version. How do I get access to the mobile version? And the you know the developer had to explain to them that no, you 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 can't do it that way. And I think you misunderstand what I meant. <laughs> it's like I I meant you can play across. I didn't mean you get access to it on everything. And that's how I knew. Hey, it's on iOS as well. And so this game is a card-based dungeon crawler. Um, we covered it a little bit ago, probably in a Kickstarter roundup or something like that. I don't know. Um, you uh, are descending into a dungeon, and you are playing um, uh, a card game with the monsters in the dungeon, essentially. So the monster cards will appear up top, and you have a deck of 20 cards that will be... Uh, for example, I'm a mage, so I have fireball spells and um, po mana potions and stuff like that. So... I'll be drawing that stuff out of the deck and then I get to use them on the monsters on the top and that advances you to the next room in the dungeon. And um, the the first dungeon, I'm still in the first dungeon, even after hours and hours of play because you have to level up your deck and stuff. Um, well, and you make poor decisions on like when, when to take health potions. Well, I wish you would advise me actually because I was kind of hoping you would chime up because you seem to have a better head for this stuff. Okay. But you, you apparently kept it to yourself and mocked me silently. Um, the, the, so as you go through the game, excuse me, through the dungeon, you'll eventually get to a boss room. So it'll be either seven or eight rooms in. There'll be a boss room, and you have to beat the boss, who has a lot more health than all the other monsters in the dungeon. Um, and the in the first dungeon, it's a spider queen, and she spawns with a couple other spiders alongside her. And so this is after you've been playing um, for seven or eight rooms now so you have a, a unless you've done a really good job you've got some really low health and low defense and low mana so now you're getting into the boss and you have like nothing left to give and then i can't beat it so that's where i'm at right now so it's all about um developing your deck and then you do that by going back to town and buying cards 
um, with the gold you've made in the dungeon. And you make gold in the dungeon by, as you progress down, you get treasure chests. And actually, what you're getting on the chests are also cards. So the chests and the cards... Uh, excuse me. So there's two ways of doing cards in your deck. There's your abilities, which are include your spells and your potions. And then there's equipment, which is what you find in the dungeon. Because your, your dungeon delver, dungeoneer, what do you call dungeon people? People who explore dungeons for treasure. You're an adventurer, and you're getting treasure. So, spelunker. You, yeah, you're a spelunker. So as you're going down there, you get uh, you, and you get collect this treasure. You keep some of it. You sell the stuff you don't need because they'll give you stuff for other classes. Um, and then you will put choose how much of uh, so that gear you choose which to equip, and that affects your starting stats. And it affects your attack ability and stuff like that. Uh, your deck is fully made up of your spells and potions and stuff. So between a combination of how you set up your gear set and how you set up your deck, um, you, you get better at the game and more capable of what you can do in it. Um, I still haven't beat the first dungeon, so I'm not very capable. I'm kind of garbage, so... That's where I'm at with Lost in the Dungeon. Uh, hours into it, I think it's really fun, but I also find the grind to be very slow. So um, it would have been really nice if I could have, I don't know, um, gotten through the first dungeon. Is there a microtransaction no. mechanics to it? No, 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 no. Okay. It's $7 okay. on Steam. That's it. That's all you pay. It's $3 on iOS. I don't know what it is on Google Play. Probably also $3. Um, for a three dollar game, though, I mean, I'm getting hours of enjoyment out of it, and that's more than I can hope for with most iOS games. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> and it, it works fine on its PC, and it's got its own uh, account syncing system, so it's not using iCloud or anything. You just sign in, um, so it'll transfer your save across all the devices that it's on. So, um, I can just pick up on the PC. I was playing it earlier on the stream here. You can then I can go to the bedroom and play it on my iPad and stuff. So I really like that sort of functionality. So I appreciate that. That helps with a game like this. There's been another indie game I've been playing. Um, and that is, I can't remember the name of it. What is the name of it? Dark Quest. Dark Quest 2. Thank you. Did I put it in the spreadsheet? Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm an idiot. I should just look at my thing in the spreadsheet. Dark Quest 2. So do you, did any of you play Hero Quest when you were younger? Yes, once or twice. The board game, right? Yeah, the board game. Yep. So this is more like this feels like a, a video game adaptation of a game like Hero Quest. So you you got your little figures and you move, um, you know, you move through the dungeon and you can advance so far um, within a turn and you're collecting treasure and killing monsters and going to the next floor of the dungeon and then you kind of reset. Now let's start playing through the next floor of the dungeon. Um, in between floors, you return to town, restock, buy equipment, kind of reform your party because you can eventually recruit more people than you can fit into a party. Um, and they all have different classes. Something about it doesn't feel as fun to me as playing like Hero Quest when I was a kid. And part of that's probably nostalgia. Um, but I do know, I mean, there's more modern games like Hero Quest, like Descent, right? Um, which is like really fun. We should play that more, Anna. We should, we should go. Let's go to Omaha and play Descent with Gina. Can we do that? All right. Uh, so something about not having control of the dice rolls because you're, you're just the computer's doing it all for you um, and, and just kind of seeing the results. Like it, you just end up doing a lot of clicking, but without like the, and it's still turn-based though. So it feels kind of like, 
if Diablo was trying to be um, a mystery dungeon game, but without um, without the enemies ever moving on their own, uh, because it's turn based. Well, that, gosh, that's not the right explanation either. So a lot less stuff happens. It's a lot less active. There's no dodging and stuff. So it's not like a Diablo game. It's it's more like a mystery dungeon in its structure, um, but it's not really a roguelike or anything either. You don't lose all your, I don't know. <laughs> it's So it then just feels a bit slow and a bit plotting. And so if you're into it, and I think if you got real deep into it, you're making very tactical decisions because your characters could, you know, you're gonna go into a room and there'll be five enemies and you can't leave that room till you deal with it. So it is room based. So you go room to room and there's either treasure in it or enemies or both. And you got to deal with everything before you're allowed to leave and move on to the next room. But what what I don't know... Uh, that's a lie. You don't have to treat deal with all the enemies. Yeah, I'm still a bit early with this game. Sorry. Um, but while you're uh, while you're dealing with all that stuff, you have to... Uh, you got to be worried. Like, is this thing going to kill me? Because I've only got limited health. I don't auto-regen. I've only got a couple potions. I have to buy new potions after I use the potions. They're single-use items. Now, I'm finding I'm getting plenty of gold, so I can gear up for a quest and, and do that sort of stuff. But honestly, it's just a lot of micromanagement of stats and stuff that don't feel fun to me. And I feel like there was a time in my life where a game like this would have felt fun. And so it's making me question everything, and I feel like a failure to role-play gaming. So... That's how this game has made me feel. I don't know if any of you have played games like this. Uh, it, it's also kind of pseudo-like that game. Anna, do you remember the... Um, uh, we played it at PAX a couple years ago, or was it last year? Um, and you're, as, you were moving, as you were wandering around the map, it felt like the tiles were floating up into place around you. Mm. You don't remember it all. Nope. Oh. That's too bad. Wait, wasn't that Bastion that? Uh, it, it, yeah, it, it 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 they stole that from Bastion basically. Oh, but it wasn't okay. that game. This one was actually more of a roguelike, uh, but actually it had progression, so it was more of an RPG. Is that the one in the Polish pavilion? Could have been. Nobody remembers. Mm. Mm-hmm. Trying to find it in my Steam list, but this could be a. A fruitless endeavor. Um, anyway, it reminds me of that game for <laughs> as much help as that is. So, <laughs> sorry. Um, but the point is, I tried two indie games because I felt like there wasn't much chance other people were going to try them, and they had intrigued me on the podcast the past couple of weeks. I said, "Oh, I got to check that out." I know Dark Quest Two. I think for for sure was the last show we did was on there. Um, and yeah, it's uh, they're not really doing it for me. <laughs> One's a one's really good but really grindy, and the other one is is a bit plotting. And it's really ironic that the first one, which is really good but a bit grindy, um, when I'm you know, the thing I want to play instead is Monster Hunter, which is extremely grindy. So what the hell am I talking about? Oh right, that's right, because I get to flip around in the air a billion times and land on the monster about it. So that's fun too. Anna, can I go play Monster Hunter? No, we're doing a podcast, and it's time for the news. Okay. Thank you, Chris. You're welcome. So, Mary Skelter 2 was announced this week. What's okay? Yeah, I was I was surprised by that. There so, is a surprise going on with Mary Skelter 2. So, we have I have many questions. Spoilers. So, this may have some spoilers for the first Mary Skelter. You have been warned. 
So is anybody on the cast going to play Mary Skelter 1 at this point? Um, Eventually, but without context, I'll probably have no idea what you're talking about. All so. Right. so here is the That's premise okay. I'm of Mary Skelter 2. I never have two. any idea what she's talking about. You're playing as the main character, Sue, and Sue and Little Mermaid go into the jail and rescue Alice and Jack, which is what happens in the first game. However, they get into an accident and Jack is turned into a nightmare. That does not happen in the first that game. That does not happen in the first game. So this is like this is an alternate history. This is this leaves me with many questions because in the first game, and this is not really a spoiler because they go into this within the first few hours of the of the first game. In the history of the first game, Alice is considered a pariah because um as a youth she goes crazy and kills her friend, the Little Mermaid. But the Little Mermaid's alive in this game. Correct. Oh. And Jack is your main character in the first game. Now he's a nightmare. So it's like, I have many I don't questions. think this is a sequel. It's called Mary Skelter 2. And you're in the jail and there's nightmares and you're you're obviously blood maidens. And so it's like, I have many questions. Yeah, but you don't have a guy that you can control your harem with. Right. So, so it sounds like Sue is it's going to be your new main character. But Sue seems like a girl. Sue seems like a blood Sue, maiden. T-S-U-U. Sue seems like herself a blood maiden. And I don't know what fairy tale Sue comes from. Yeah, I don't know. But it's really cool because they lean heavy into the Jack and the Beanstalk, which they didn't in the first game. So, like, his nightmare form is, like, all beanstalky. It's really cool looking. So, this is going to come out in Japan on June 28th. Um, it also is going to have um, the first game, like, packed inside of it. So it's going to, hmm. there's going to be Mary Skelter 1 built in the Mary Skelter 2 engine. And it's going to have sort of um, a lot of the balance tweaks that they're making in Mary Skelter 2. Which they haven't this really. This was a Vita. The, yeah, the Mary Skelter 1 was, is a Vita exclusive. Yeah. yeah. And this is going to be PS4 exclusive. It almost um, makes me wish I would have waited for this one to pick it up. Yeah, so um, some of the things that they said they are changing um, is dungeon size, dungeon size adjustments, um, new balancing, um, more debugging, new warehouse um, quest, and jail roulette features. New jail roulette features is nice because I felt like that was kind of a half-arsed mechanic. I was always landing on the same thing. It was sucked. There was only one thing on the roulette that was worthwhile, and once you got it, the roulette was irrelevant, mm -hmm. which was the dungeon expansion. Oh, it's like uh, Mitomo. Uh. <laughs> no, there were many things on the roulette that were cool. Okay. You just had to find the roulette that had them. <laughs> and then get everything but them, even though they were 90% of the size of the roulette wheel. Stop buying bananas, Chris! <laughs> <sighs> Anyways... Um, no, obviously no announcement of a North American release because we're way, way too far ahead for that. Um, but I believe it was NIS America that, um, no, it was Idea Factory that localized the first one. So if there's going to be a second one, likely it would be them that would bring it out. 
and they don't go to E3, so don't don't expect an E3 announcement. Um, what is next? Um, so Omega Labyrinth Z, um, is a dungeon crawler that is coming out courtesy of P-Cube, which normally does, um, a lot of Otome games. They, um, they do visual novels too. They did Steins Gate on, on, yeah. uh, Vita. Yeah. So they do visual novels, Otome. Mm-hmm. Um, they decided that they wanted to bring over Omega Labyrinth C because nobody else wanted to, um, because no one else thought it would pass rating boards. Unsurprisingly, it has not passed many rating boards. I'm really surprised by this. They refuse to give it a rating in the UK. That's correct. That's what they do. Why don't they give it like adult only? Uh, they don't have an adult only. Oh, okay. So basically, um... The Omega Lambeth Z won't be released in the UK, Ireland, New Zealand, Australia, uh, and Germany. But it's through ratings here? Yeah, it got an M. They not have M? Okay, sorry. And it got a Peggy 18 for other European countries. Is the issue the age of the characters? They don't clarify when they refuse a rating. Ugh. Okay, because I what because I was trying to look into this to see just like how pervy it was, yeah. and I couldn't find anything about it other than you basically grow your character's boobs and that's it, or that's all I could find. There was some mini game talked well, about um, where the like pay attention to the like, screen stream, Kelly. Okay, so here here we go. The VSC rating board has ruled that the video game Omega Labyrinth C will not be issued a UK certification of classification. The game is explicit in its setting within a school environment, and the majority of the characters are young young girls. One child is referred to as being a first-year student and is seen holding a teddy bear. This game promotes the sexualization of children via sexual interactions between the game game player and female characters. The style of the game is such that it will attract an audience below the age of 18. There is a serious danger that impressionable people viewing the game would conclude that sexual activity rep- that the sexual activity represented normal sexual behavior. There is a constant theme of sexual innuendo and activity throughout the game that suggests behavior likely to normalize sexual activity towards children. As a means of reward gained by success- successfully navigating the game, The player has the means to sexually stimulate female characters by using either a handheld remote device or touchscreen software. The VSC rating board believes this content in a game, which would have strong appeal to non-adult characters, is an issue which would be unacceptable to the majority of UK consumers and, more importantly, has the potential to be significantly harmful in terms of society, societal and moral development of the younger people in general. In it's other a words, danger to society. it's pervy as fuck. It's a danger to society, Anna. I don't know if I'd I... quite go with that statement, but um, I guess I get their logic. Uh, this game, I don't feel like we're missing much <laughs> if we lose out on it. I though. mean, here's the thing is, it's not going to be sold in certain territories. It can still be imported. And it's probably going to be sold digitally. 
So it you're still gonna like <laughs> the boobs bounce. Isn't that stupid? <laughs> yeah. We're, so we're watching a trailer of the game on the stream, and it's yeah. Yeah, I saw that trailer before There's the a, stream I, today. Is, and... Why are they putting cotton between the boobs? What are they doing? <laughs> oh, it's a pill, and they're making it get bigger. <laughs> oh, this is terrible, Anna. It's it's just I I was looking into it. And now there's bondage, I, mm -hmm. and you have to touch her while she's tied up. Sorry, go ahead, Kelly. I'm sorry. No, I was you. I was just looking into it because you know I do add most RPGs to my collection, and I just didn't want to get put on a list for adding this one to my collection. <laughs> is the problem. <laughs> I think you would be put on a list too, having watched most. Of... I don't think this we're ever going to be allowed to stream on Twitch again. After this. <laughs> we're going to lose our account. Oh no, 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 no! We can't have that. <laughs> no, I'm skipping forward past that. Yeah, I'm, I might. Mm -hmm. I might need to just skip this one. I need to go take a shower. <laughs> All right, so um. It, it will be available for sale um, in spring 2018 if you're interested in um, this particular dungeon crawler. Feeling worthless and like a dredge to society. If you want to be a, dre a, a danger to society, you can support the game. When, Anna? I'm not going to judge. What time? So Beamdog has announced a release date for Neverwinter Nights Enhanced Edition. It will be out on Steam March 27, 2018. Uh, okay. Uh, and they yeah. also, so they're doing a Neverwinter Enhance, yeah. huh? So they also confirmed that development on the title will continue after the game's released. Um, with the most recent development patches allowing for premium modules to be playable via multiplayer. Um, the premium modules that they plan on making available include Kingmaker, Shadow Guard, and Witch's Wake. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. This is the first one, though. Eh. It's a little rough. It looks old. That's why it's an enhanced edition now. Oh, <laughs> is it? Is it enhanced? I guess. All right. Yeah. Are they actually going to redo the graphs? Okay. Graphics. Okay. To a degree. Because they didn't do much with the graphics in Baldur's Gate. They kind of scaled the well, artwork they more. didn't. They didn't. The problem with Baldur's Gate ones is they didn't have the... Um, the source. The assets. Yeah. Yep. So they only could change... With the, the only other way I'm they would okay have to that. do it is With 2D all stuff, the way. it kind of works better. But Yeah. But this... Now, this one, they enhance it a bit more. It's like... Have we seen pictures somewhere? Oh. Yeah. Yeah, this was during a live stream. Okay. So like it's it. not, you know, you could tell it's dated, but it's also going to look a lot cleaner than it used to. And it's going to have higher resolution and all that stuff. And, Good. You know, I'm, I'm pretty interested in this because I, back when this game first came out and I tried to play it more... However, my computer sucked at the time, so it oh, didn't good. run it well. I found, I found a stream from March 3rd where they're showing out the character creator, and I can tell it's an HD edition because the font's so tiny you can't read it. <laughs> <laughs> we have a name the change. Other, oh, the other sorry, big thing with this game is it has a huge following with kind of like a pseudo MMO stuff where you're, you're the GM. And they have, you know, basically static worlds where people get in and they have GM modes. And yeah. So they, they, they hang out this, in this the, one. They the don't hang out thing, in this. Yeah. The big thing with this release is like they have promised like big multiplayer updates. So they don't say 
people don't do that in the second one. They do it in this one. Yeah. They do it in both, but this okay. is the one that really got it huge. Yeah. Okay. There's people that still play the original. I'm looking for an excuse to go play Neverwinter Nights 2 because I heard such good things about a couple of its expansions when they came out. So I want them to redo that or something. But maybe I'm an idiot. It may be tougher. But yeah, I like that game too. I never got around to it. And I remember I was listening to um, GFW Radio at the time and they were really talking off those expansions. And I was like, oh man, I don't have time for that. Uh, what are we talking about? We're talking about No Truce with the Furies. But it's not No Truce with the Furies anymore. It's Disco Elysium? It's Disco Elysium now. That's, a, that's an alright name. And it has a new publisher. It's going to be published by the Humble Bundle. So it's coming out the second half of 2018. Um, and it's like this sci-fi fantasy game where you play a disgraced police lieutenant... Um, and it's supposed to be like this kind of open-ended, um, police case that he's working on and it has multiple ways to solve the problems. And we watched the trailer of this and the more I watch the trailer, I'm like, man, I really hope Jonathan plays this because I want to learn about it, even though it's a game that is clearly not in any way for me. I don't like worlds where every wall is dirty. And in this world, every wall looks like it's covered in dirt, rust, or blood. So that's the problem I have with this game. <laughs> so I have a feeling that when this comes out, I'm just going to buy it for Jonathan and make him play it. Seriously, people, if you're having me over, mm. clean your walls. Why do you think this is a game for me? I, I'm not familiar with it. It's like this like Western RPG. Yeah, because with... it's kind of an overhead view, clicky RPG. Mm. Yeah. Okay. I'll watch the trailer. Oh, I see. Watch the trailer. I think you'll you'll understand when you watch the trailer. All right. Now, this is a trailer that I watched, and I'm actually interested in this. Oh, this looks really interesting. All right. So this game is called The Council. And it's an episodic... Um, detective RPG? Detective RPG. Mm-hmm. It's and, Telltale, but it's an RPG. Yeah. Yeah, actually, yes. It's yeah. owned by a French company. For whatever that matters. Yeah, um, and so you play um, Louis de Richet. Oh, there, there! He just got his scar in the trailer, Anna. Oh, cool. So that's how it happens. So you're a member of a secret society, and you're trying to figure out what happened to your mom because she disappeared, and you get invited to an to an island. And when you get there, you're like, holy crap, this is a secret society of like all of the world leaders, including Napoleon Bonaparte and George Washington. And so you pick a, you have a character class, which determines which abilities that you will be better at. Um, And there's like a social influence system. And you use like your abilities to try to, weasel your way through different problems that you're having um and there's like sometimes you have to use knowledge and sometimes you have to use diplomacy and sometimes you have to use perception and so the it was kind of funny because i was watching this trailer and the one of the things that they were like super jonesing about is like Every decision has a consequence and there's no saving and loading and like there's no going back to change your mind. 
And I was like, wow, Ninji would hate this game. My friend doesn't like games where you can't change your mind and mm. there are permanent consequences. But I, I was looking at this and it felt it had a very um it had some of the same vibe I get from Detroit. Yeah, and so Chris was like, You should play this to get ready for Detroit. <laughs> It'll I'm help like, you get used to what happens when you choose wrong and you can't undo it. <laughs> so yeah, I'm 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 thinking about picking this up. So um, it's out. The first episode is out now for PC, PS4, and Xbox One, and you can pick up individual episodes for seven dollars, or all five episodes for thirty. And the remaining four episodes will be le- released throughout the rest of this year. So, unfortunately, really Alex cool. isn't here because I think he's playing it. He is. So I'm I'm gonna have to like pick his brain after the podcast. <laughs> so. So we go from, yes, a game is out to, no, a game is not out. So Pillars of Eternity 2 Deadfire. I feel like they just announced their release date. <laughs> they did. <laughs> so Pillars of Eternity Deadfire got delayed um, and is now going to release on May 8th, 2018 for PC and Mac. Uh, fine. I got plenty of other stuff to play. Like the first Pillars of Eternity. all right so uh we got a little bit of more information for just one line which is a rpg hybrid um and it's kind of a how do i explain how do i explain just one line i it looks i don't know i had trouble glimming what it was from the trailer it's kind no, of like do you an decide, adventure game. Do you make these stories, or are you playing other people's stories? Or is it just... I don't get it. There's a battle system, and there's health bars, so it's, there's fighting like an RPG. But it's but it mostly like an adventure game. Adventure. Yeah, it's mostly like choose your own adventure. Create your adventurer, they say. Yep. So, so you get lots of options. You go on quests, and... I'm I'm literally just reading you the text from the trailer as to go through it. <laughs> I mean, and I mean the problem is, is and this tell game is your an, story. It this says. game is in early access, so we still don't really know all of its breadth at this time. So if you're interested in checking it out, there's now a quest editor, so you can make your own um, quests now. Go. So it's out on early access. Full release expected later this year. Right. So, uh, Azure Saga Pathfinder. I think you added an H to sh- to Saga. Azure 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 we're renaming it. The Blue Story <laughs> um, is a turn-based RPG. It comes out of Indonesia. So it's a JRPG, but it, but and, not a J. And talk about complete discrepancy between the cutscene art and the in-game art. 
because the cutscene is like this this storyboarded, slightly animated, telling a story with you move in static background, but then a character's eyes opens and they're kind of animated, and it's all like very detailed. And then you go to the game, and it's like, what is this game maker and or a PlayStation game? I don't know what's going on. Actually, it looks like your iPad games where you're making farms, but yeah. And then <laughs> it it doesn't. It, what is that game you play all the time that this looks identical to, Anna? Um, the shopkeeper one, right? Shop Heroes? Shop Heroes, yeah. That's the one. Doesn't it look like that to you? No. Yeah, in the overhead view, it looks totally like that. Okay. You just don't know. <coughs> I'm going to bring up the, the video. It looks a lot the, like Dimensions too, to me, honestly. The isometric view of this reminds me of Landstalker, but then the battles give me a Valkyrie profile vibe All on right. this, which... Is very weird. I tried to get a trailer up of Shop Heroes, but because it's a free-to-play game, they don't actually show you gameplay of that game. They just show you, like... <laughs> Video games! All right, so this game has a battle system, though, and then it goes in a side view. So it's, this is like Final Fantasy VII, Anna. It's got battle characters, cutscene characters, and overworld characters. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. They're all different. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. yeah, um, I, I would say... This is kind of an interesting one where I would say watch the trailer. But it's out now. I mean, it looks fun. It looks really interesting. I, I, I do think you're going to play this. <sighs> if it was on anything it's got, other than As soon as you saw the man. fishing, you're like, oh, man. I was like, oh, fishing. <laughs> then you I realize, want this to oh, be on man. iPad. I know you do. <laughs> That's You want everything to be on iPad. I don't want everything to be on iPad. Yeah. I want this to be on iPad. You heard it from here first. Anna wants Nintendo to die and everything to be on iPad. You have, have you not really, bought... She has a really good gaming laptop and she won't play Steam games on it. Have you not bought her a Switch yet? Uh, there's we don't need two the Switches. The Switch. We have a Switch. We do not need I... two Switches. I didn't know if you shared back and forth or not. Oh, yeah. Then again, we each have our own 3DS. <laughs> yes, because we need two 3DSs. Uh, we needed two 3DSs. Yes, we no longer need two we, 3DSs, but did, since we, we have two yeah. 3DSs, there's oh no point God. in selling off one of them. Have I mentioned lately I wish we, Monster Hunter was on the Switch? Yes. Could, that would be fun. We had to buy two Switches because my husband refuses to hook up the docking station to the TV upstairs. <laughs> Just get two docking stations. It's cheaper than two switches. It's like I need to just hook it up one night when he's sleeping and not tell him, although he listens to the cast. Well, it doesn't so. matter now. You got two, right? Well, yeah, but I mean, if, if I want to play upstairs, I have to play in handheld mode. What? Oh, just hook I, it up. I know. I don't, I don't, tell I don't him know if you why. want he's... peace in this house again, this thing is getting hooked up to this TV. That works for me. Oh yeah, that that by, totally by works for me. Work. I mean, that, works on me. That... Oh, he says that you can hook it up. I'll never notice. Oh, okay, perfect. that that's usually weird. I figured he would be more observant than that. Oh, look at us. We're solving marital problems, Anna. <laughs> it's an RPG therapy cast. Yeah. All right, marital court. <laughs> So we haven't heard a ton about Hazelnut Bastille, which is an upcoming RPG from a loft studio, but we... Is that like the new flavor of the month at Starbucks? No. Oh. Um, but we did hear that they have tapped Japanese 
composer Hiroki Kikuta. Oh, the Secret of Mana guy. Yeah. They also did Kudelka. Mm. Um, he will be collaborating with Shannon Mason, um, who has done quite a number of other indie titles. Um, they also announced that the game will be coming to Nintendo Switch. Oh, you mean like everything? Yes. Yay. <laughs> Except Monster Hunter. So the Switch, PC, Mac, and Linux versions um, will be coming out in mid-2019. Okay, and so th- I'm looking at this now, and we don't have a trailer, but we do have some screenshots, and it looks very GBA. Yeah. Doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. We're going to talk about your game, Chris. Oh, oh, but now they have gifts. It looks like Secret of Mana. Oh, when is this coming out? I'm putting this on the list. Mid-2019. There's a demo. Yeah, for PC. There's a, and Mac. Yeah. They're working on a, a Linux one. We're going to talk about your game, The Chris. demo's from July 17th. We're going to talk about... 2017? 2017, yeah. No, it's from the future. <laughs> it came out before. They sent it back via End of the Breach to avert a catastrophe <laughs> world well, where you know, there was Stephen no Stephen Hawking died tomorrow, remember? Oh, right. <laughs> so Stephen Hawking passed away this week. Yes. And um, he passed away. Uh, the announcement was made very early morning British time. So if you asked like your Google or your Siri or your Alexa when Stephen Hawking passed away, um, it would say he passed away tomorrow. Which is kind of fitting, considering his time travel party. I know nothing about Stephen Hawking's time travel party, but if that's a new game that's coming out, um, I'm you all did, down for Stephen it. Hawking Stephen Hawking hosted time a time travel, travel party. party. It was amazing. No okay. one showed up. <laughs> yeah, he sent. A, he had the party, and then he sent out the invitation saying that if time travel was possible, people would have showed up. Well, maybe it's they, brilliant. It, it was brilliant. You know, it's possible they just didn't want to hang out with him. Why? Why would you not want to hang because, out with him? Well, I'll tell you why. Because it takes two thousand years for time travel to get invented, and by then nobody really cares that much about all the fifty thousand. Because people have been doing this for the two thousand years prior, because they all think they're clever, and by the time they actually have time travel, nobody really wants to bother going back and going to the parties that people had for them that didn't have anybody show up. Because they're just sick of the meme at that point. That's why. They're just bitter. It's feasible and you know it. <laughs> you just don't want to uh, give I it to me. <laughs> I don't think it is. I like I like it when someone asked him about One Direction. <laughs> what, what did he say about One Direction? So um, he was doing a, a Q&A panel and someone said, what do you think is the um, cosmological... Um, impact of Zane leaving One Direction. <laughs> okay. And of course, his answer was finally an important question. <laughs> That's amazing. And he Did said he that. It seriously? Yes, absolutely. Excellent. He talked about alternative universes where Zane was still in One Direction. And where John Oliver is funny. Or was it Stephen Colbert? Oh, um, no, no, that oh, was that, that was a different Q and A. Okay. Oh, does he not like John Oliver or something? He doesn't like Stephen Colbert. What? Well, didn't. Oh, oh sorry, you're correct. Anyways, he, he, 
We should get back to the news. (laughs) I'm playing Hazelnut Bastille. No. I am. You have to talk about Monster Hunter World first. Oh my gosh. Monster Hunter World had so many things announced. So there was a big old live stream that was in Japanese. But during the live stream presentation, they had English on the slides, which is amazing because it meant they actually care about the world's reception to this stuff. But But Capcom's local things are only translating a little bit of the info at a time and they're going to give us the rest when the patch actually comes out which is kind of weird because it means that capcom global cares more about the game i think than capcom us as far as the amount of resources they're giving to it which really makes me upset however let me tell you some things first off as of yesterday march 16th everybody got a little ticket that they can use to change the gender of their hunter if you want um, you can also change your facial appearance. It's stuff you can't edit with the game normally. You cannot change your name and you cannot change your cat. I don't know why. Um, everyone gets a ticket for free. They're contemplating. Um, I've I've seen it translated anywhere between they're contemplating selling them in the future to they are definitely selling them in the future. So I don't know. They but are definitely get, selling them in the future. Everyone gets one for free. Um, and then next week, next Friday, March 22nd, is a big patch that's adding all sorts of weapons balance changes and Basically, everything's getting buffed except one shot in the arrow uh, in the bow and then one part of the charge blade. Um, actually, no. Charge blade's just getting straight up buffed. Most everything's just getting buffed. <laughs> and there's th- more details out there. Uh, a couple things are being nerfed and, you know, cue salt. Um, in so addition many flavors to that, and you choose salt. <laughs> so many... Th- in addition to... Uh, the weapon balance changes. They're also starting a spring festival. And I think that technically starts in April, but it, the date is coming in this patch. And there'll be like a couple weeks where all the timed p- quests from the past, um, since launch, so I guess the past month and a half, past month, they'll all be available at the same time. So you can go back and get your, um, I keep wanting to call her Aeoli, um, the the name, main character from Horizon. What's her name? Alloy. 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 <laughs> Alloy. Not Aeoli. Aeoli. Alloy. <laughs> She's yes. very tasty. Uh, <laughs> she, you go back and get her armor. Uh, you get the, the Street Fighter uh, Ryu armor and stuff, and then be tempted to spend $4 on the Hadoken emote. Um, Hadoken! All this stuff is free, except for the Hadoken emote. Uh, uh, they're also releasing the cat armor that lets you makes your cat look like Mega Man and it's done in a voxel style so it completely clashes with the look of the game and you just have this weird like pseudo 8-bit it's not 8-bit because it's actually voxels and it's much higher bit but whatever um pseudo 8-bit um Mega Man running around um killing stuff and they had announced this when they announced the game months ago right a blog when they were showing trailers in the lead up to the game, they had announced it, but it's finally coming. Yay, you get your Mega Man armor. And just to remind you, this is the armor that, depending on what armor, what weapon you wield, it will play different Mega Man theme music while you're killing stuff. So Anna's already told me I have to play whatever weapons play music for Mega Man 3. So that's fine. That 3 did have the best music. <laughs> um, in addition to all that... We have uh, a new schedule of quests that are coming, but I won't bore you with those details. And there's probably another... Oh, right. They're adding a new monster, Devil Joe, who's not a new monster, but he's new to this game. And he's a big ga- He's a big monster who looks like a pickle. And uh, he'll be in this <laughs> game, and uh, he'll scare your cat. Um, kind of like... Is his name numbers. Rick? Uh, his name is not Rick, but it is Devil Joe. Um, I'm sure a lot of people will call him Pickle Rick, um, which is a reference I don't know other than it's from Rick and Morty, but I always see people saying, I'm Pickle Rick, and I don't know why. 
because I don't know that what it's was from. <laughs> in that particular episode that was like Rick's catchphrase was I'm pickle Rick. Okay. Yeah. Why? Okay. Well, whatever. <laughs> so there's sorry. Pickle Rick is coming to Monster Hunter, and you'll he's gonna eat other monsters. Actually, this monster's so nasty. He'll pick up smaller monsters and beat you to death with them. <laughs> so he's scared. Yes, he will pick up the smaller monsters and beat you with them. His attack power actually goes up when he's holding another monster in his mouth. <laughs> so you got to be careful, Anna. I am not lying. That I'm completely serious. There are multiple sources. That's this is just how he works. All right. So that uh, Devil Joe's coming, and I think that's everything in the in that they announced. Um, and then they let slip that they think the next update might be coming in May. However, he also or April, whatever, in a month from now. And then uh, maybe that's a. Uh, he also may have been joking. We just don't know, because again. Uh, Capcom US has not gone out of its way to really translate everything. Mostly a small amount of translations, and then they said more details will come when the patch hits next week. But anyway, that uh, the the gender changing ticket is out now. If you want to do that because you're not pleased with how the armor sets look on your guy and or girl, and you want to see what the other side of the fence looks like. Are you staying as Nubelina? Um, so that's the problem. You can't change your hunter's name. So anyone oh. who named their hunter a female name or a male name. Um, has to either deal with the discrepancy um, or 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 not change it. So I don't know what to do. So I could have a I could have a real buff looking guy named Nabina <laughs> and go back to really wishing I just named myself Nabuo, which is very in the middle of the road and would have been fine, but I was an idiot. <sighs> Nabina could be a guy's name. Really? I've I yeah, gotta be sold I... on that one. All right, I'll work on my pre my gender misconceptions um, while we move on to the next story. Okay. <laughs> that was your cue, Anna. Okay. Oh right, they're adding a fan store, a fan sword, a fan. There was a global contest to design a weapon, and they're adding that too. Um, that'll be April sixth that they add that. So there. Um, and April thirteenth is when you get the Mega Man armor. I'm All right. done. So Skyrim VR is coming to PC. Steam VR. Mm-hmm. So, Am I supposed to care? I don't know. It was originally it, it, PlayStation VR exclusive. So it, it, It's part of Bethesda releasing Skyrim on everything. Skyrim Eventually it will be on your smart coaster. It's not like it's on the Switch. Oh, wait, it is, isn't it? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't know then. So the VR version of Skyrim is $60. It's a separate purchase from the regular PC version. Skyrim VR has uh, the core game, Dunguard, Hearthfire, and Dragonborn. And those are the expansions then. Yep. Right. You can and be a werewolf. Motion controls. You can be a werewolf in Skyrim. It has motion controls in case you feel the need to vomit. What? <laughs> no PlayStation thanks. 1 has that too. Yeah, I'm you sure. Use the move controllers. That sounds awful. Yeah. 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 <laughs> The first person com- first person that combat in Skyrim games is not a good thing. It's never been good. It's more of been tolerated. <laughs> I picked it up when it was cheap, but I haven't gotten around to playing it yet. Also, I refer to that whole line of games now as Skyrim games when really they're Elder Scrolls games, right? So that's I'm an idiot. 
So, Darkest Dungeons. Revealed. Hey, that's a game where your party goes crazy and they die, and then you kind of have nobody left to continue on with, and you you cry, right? <laughs> I have no idea. I haven't played it. It's yeah, a... that's that's that game in a nutshell. Yeah, okay. Right. <laughs> well, then the new DLC, The Color of Madness, is apparently very aptly named. Yeah. So they confirmed that um, it will be released for all platforms Darkest Dungeon is currently available for. Um, it has a new environment called the Farmstead, where players will battle through hordes of enemies, which may include foes from other areas of the game. Um, the Color of Madness adds in a new enemy faction led by the Miller, who is one of two confirmed new bosses. Players will be able to create resupply consumables from item drops between waves of combat, while the new Comet shards can be traded for new trinkets through a new vendor called the Jeweler. The expansion also has new music and other features that they haven't unveiled yet. Anna, this is a game on Vita. Why aren't you playing it? Because um, it doesn't sound like my kind of game at all. <laughs> but there's there's dark Cthulian-esque whores that drive everybody crazy. What's I wrong? I think I'm good. You're, but you love that sort of stuff. Also, um, Crimson Court and Shieldbreaker, two previous DLCs, um, are now available on the iPad. Okay. And the game is 99 cents for a week to celebrate their launch. Wait, really? Yep. Oh. We'll pick it up on iPad. Then. Ninety-nine cents on the iPad. That's a platform I might actually play it. Well, then you go. For you know, it. my problem with that game is it's intimidating to me. I hear it's so hard that I can't imagine I would have fun with it. Um. So. And nobody's disagreeing. With Rising that. Star Games <laughs> announced a new action RPG that they are publishing called Decay of Logos, where you ride around on an elk. You ride on an elk. So honestly, is, I didn't pay any attention to anything in the trailer other than the lady riding on an elk. Uh, it's a third-person cool. fa fantasy action RPG where you control a young woman whose village is destroyed by one of the king's sons, and so you hop on your elk and go seeking revenge. It's got horns. So, um, <laughs> Princess Mononoke. Yeah, kind of sounds like it, doesn't it? I um, was thinking the same thing. It is coming out on PC, PS4, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch uh, later this year, fall 2018. You know, of it, course, it's seeing that like? lady with her elk and being all lovey with it and stuff, I'm like, that thing is going to die and we're just going to all end up in tears. I just know it. <laughs> the combat Agro. itself looks like, like an easier version Agro. of Dark Souls. So, oh, will you get off that. Agro! Man, don't remind me about the end of Shadow of Colossus, Anna. I still don't even understand. The horse falls in a hole. Don't spoil things. <laughs> the horse may or may not fall in a hole. The horse may horses, or may not be okay. Horses don't have a good uh, lifespan in fantasy stories. See, never-ending story. <laughs> now, he comes back. Remember? Wait, he At does? the very end. They see him r galloping across the plains, right? Because he was swallowed up by the... Because, I don't know, Anna. Or, who are you? Not me. <laughs> who am I talking to? You fail. Let's go to the next Darkest story. Dungeon. Where is that? <laughs> 99 cents? All right. We so just did that one. We have a release date for Warhammer 40K Inquisitor Martyr. And it Ooh, will be... This is like in a Diablo game, but it's Warhammer, right? Yes. So it's coming out May 11th um, on PC, PS4, and Xbox One. So, Inquisitor Martyr is set in the Warhammer 40k Caligari sector, 
where Inquisitors have been dispatched to deal with the forces of chaos. In addition to the story campaign, the game features cooperative multiplayer for up to four players and an evolving post-launch campaign that sees the game's galaxy change and expand as new clues are discovered, new subsectors unlocked, and investigators investigations are put to rest. So it sounds like static single-player game, but evolving multiplayer sections. Oh, this looks fun. I don't... I've never really gotten into the 40k universe, so. I think it looks cool too, and I want to actually. I need to go back and play that adventure game they put out. The uh, where you are an Inquisitor. Uh, oh, I forget the name. Einhorn, something like that. This is a game you play as an Inquisitor. I know. Okay. That's kind of my point. Okay. It's all. There's a lot of Warhammer games that come out every year. Yeah. And they all intrigue me. But and you I play know, none of them. I do play some of them. I played um, the one with the big gothic cathedral ships, and I said, this is freaking hard. I can't do this. I played um, the first uh, Total War Warhammer. Remember? I was playing that, and mm-hmm. I finished it. I finished my campaign, and then the second one came out, and I said, no, I've done that. But I, I kind of want to do it again, but I don't because I have other things to do. But this is a new experience. This is Diablo-esque. Yeah, I, I love more the Warhammer monster designs and stuff like that, and I've always wanted to get into just a Warhammer game. But well, you already play are... World of Warcraft. Doesn't that count? Well, uh, that's <laughs> fighting words to some people. Some some people don't like it when you say that. <laughs> I I am not one of them, but I've known people that would like in friendships over... Oh, come on. Wow. Yeah, no, I'm not kidding. <laughs> I've heard yeah, I can't get into it. But no, I mean, having a War, uh, Warhammer Diablo looks really cool just because I want to see these like cool messed up monsters and demons and stuff like that. I'm kind of, I, I do prefer the regular Warhammer universe to 40K, but that's because the few things I've done on the tabletop world involving Warhammer have been in the older Warhammer stuff. Um, but this is still cool. I forgot which one is the fantasy one and which one is the space marine one. Warhammer is the fantasy one. Warhammer 40k okay. is the space marine one. Okay. But you have orcs in both, and you have well, you have Demons. races in both, and chaos yeah, is in it... both, and yeah. Yeah. But in in 40k, you have people who fuse themselves with technology and stuff and weird things like that, and then then chaos gets involved with everything and corrupts everything and just whatever. So from like hardcore tech mech to <laughs> floaty little girls. I like calling that hardcore tech mech. Yes. <laughs> Bandai Namco has announced that they're localizing Little Witch Academia Chamber of Time. It's um, got a date finally. <laughs> wait, did they actually announce that they were localizing this before? Because I thought this they was just... announced this. They announced this for localization as soon as it was announced for Japan. Oh, I didn't realize that. Mm-hmm. Okay. But we have a date now. Yeah. So it's digital exclusive, um, PC via Steam and PS4, PSN, um, on May 15th, 2018. If you pre-order it on the PSN, you get an official PS4 theme and the Magic Knight Grand Cherion minigame. So this is a 2.5D action RPG based on the Little Witch Academia animated series. 
anime. And it it looks super cute. It's on Netflix for yeah. anyone that wants to see it. And so Josh and I are both sitting here with like all of our fingers and toe crossed going, please don't <laughs> suck. Please don't suck. Please don't suck. Because it looks cool. It looks good. Who knows if it plays good or not? That's, that'll be the trick. Right. <laughs> and so this is our dilemma. It's like anime tie-in games have a pretty vaunted history of being a hot trash. Yeah, yeah, I remember spending currency on the Inuyasha DS game and completely regretting that purchase. <laughs> I don't remember how the bet came about, but Mistyana used to make bets with people. And if she won, they would have to review really, really crap games. And they were always anime games. <laughs> um, and they usually scored one or one and a half. So if you go through all of our reviews that are one and one and a half, those are usually bets that were lost. <laughs> that's, yeah, that, that's our, that's our amazing reviews <laughs> except for shaman king there's a shaman king review that i did and i don't remember how it got assigned to me but man those games were hot trash <laughs> at least the dragon ball games tend to be good oh poor jooms he's done like all of them I mean, I, I heard the GBA games were terrible. Yep. But you played Fusions and enjoyed it. Me? Uh-uh. I thought you, I thought you played Fusion. Dragon Ball Fusions. Oh, oh, the 3DS game? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was good. But he, he played the old stuff. Oh, uh, man. I think Jooms has so I, many one out of one out of five reviews. And no one wonder and a half so out better. of five reviews. He just, he plays all the crap games for us. Bless him. <laughs> Chaos Wars, one and a half out of five. Title of review, everyone loses. <laughs> yeah, he did Valkyria Chronicle Revolutions last year. He got that stinker. Oh, wasn't he also, wasn't he also one of the only people that could get through uh, Argrist? Yeah, he's done the Agarest games. All right, so here is all of his Dragon Ball reviews. Dragon Ball Z, Legend of the Super Saiyan, 2.5 out of 5. Dragon Ball Z, Attack of the Saiyan, 3.5 out of 5. Dragon Ball Z, Boo's Fury, 3 out of 5. Dragon Ball Z, Harukanaru Densetsu, 1 out of 5. Dragon Ball Z, The Legacy of Goku, 1.5 out of 5. Dragon Ball Z, The Legacy of Goku 2, 2 out of 5. Yeah. Fatal Labyrinth, Truth in Advertising, 1 out of 5. <laughs> That was my first intro to roguelikes. <laughs> okay, we should stop reading it Um Devolver Digital announced a really intriguing game on Friday. It's called Minute. 
and it will be coming out on April 3rd, 2018 for PC, PS4, and Xbox One. Um, it's like this little pixely adventure where you get cursed by a sword you pick up um, and you have 60 seconds to accomplish whatever you can before you drop dead. And um, this seems like it should be... Th- th- these just seem like the wrong platforms for it. It seems like a game I would pick up and play for a couple of minutes on the Switch and then put it back down. Or like Not on... my iPad. Yeah, iPhone yeah. Re- re- rather... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you keep any items or abilities or really any sort of progress you unlock during that minute. Um, And you can choose to resurrect again from any locations that you've unlocked during your minute. So the trailer looks really spastic. I'm really intrigued by this concept. I really liked Half Minute Hero. So I'm looking forward to learning more when this game comes out. In you won't have to wait weeks. long. Yeah, it's only it's out in like two weeks. So I'm looking forward to learning more about this. It looks really intriguing. Uh, the art style reminds me of Tamagotchi. Yeah. I didn't know if anybody else got that vibe. Oh, no, for sure. Um, Xseed had a stream yesterday evening where they revealed Ease Memories of Salsetta is coming to PC in the summer. So Ease Memories of Salsetta was originally a Vita exclusive game. It is a remake of Ease 4? Yep. Yeah. Which has many, many, many iterations. But this, yeah, this... this is considered one of the best ones. Yeah, it's, it's actually my favorite Ease game. In the series. Well, and I think it's the only Ease 4 that's actually made by Falcom. Correct. Yeah. And I think the only Ease 4 that we've gotten in English officially. Mm, might be, yeah. Um, um, Hardcore Hardcore Gaming 101 has an article that kind of explains the differences between all of the different versions of Ease 4. And a lot of the characters cross over. Um, the story is kind of the same, but some stuff changes, and the article kind of goes over the, the stuff that's different. But I, I consider this one the true Yeast for just because it seems like it has the most complete story out of all the different versions. Gotcha. Yeah. So I will probably end up playing this on Vita. <laughs> As opposed to waiting for the PC version. Um, And then uh, Sega Genesis Classics was announced. And it's coming out for PS4 and Xbox One. Yay! But not Mm -hmm. Switch. Boo! No. No. So it's coming out May 29th. So this is called the Sega Mega Drives Classic. Um, relevant to RP gamers is going to be Fantasy Star 2, 3, and 4. Mm-hmm. Um, Landstalker, Shining Force 1, Shining Force 2, Shining in the Darkness, and I think that's it. I'm sort of Vermilion, I think. Okay. And uh, Light Crusader, which which was a treasure RPG, and it's a, it's a isometric action RPG, and it's oh. actually an 
underrated little game that came out really late in the Genesis life. And Fatal Labyrinth. Yep. <laughs> but um, I I went ahead and pre-ordered this, and um, I might very well play through Shining Force One and Two again because I imagine that the rewind feature will completely break those games, <laughs> and I want to see just how bad it does. Plus, I'm due for another Shining Force playthrough. I haven't played through it in a couple of years, and that's that series is the reason why I'm talking to you now. Yeah, same. And uh, I think this is the same as the Steam version of this, right? Um, there are a few games that... They're squishing together a lot of games that are in separate collections on PC. And they're also adding the online multiplayer. Was that in the PC version? I'm not sure. I think so. Maybe not. Um, Another reason why I'm well, two more reasons why I'm excited. One, Gunstar Heroes, which is my favorite Genesis game ever, and two, uh, Alien Soldier, which is another treasure game that we didn't get here in the U.S. Hmm. I'm I'm sorry, I'm dorky about this because I'm a huge treasure fan. And I also think this is the first time that we're seeing all three Streets of Rage games in one collection. I think normally they're divided up into separate. Isn't this whole collection just on the PC right now? In separate bundles. Yeah. All right. Uh, 30 bucks for all of these is a steal. I thought that's what it was on PC. I think you pay more to get all of these together. Okay. I mean, this is the same. This is the same collection they've had on like eighty consoles at this point, isn't it? Most basically, all of these games are available in some fashion on most other platforms. This is the first time they will be all together. No, no, there's the classics collection for for three hundred and sixty, right? No, there was the classics collection for the PS2, and then the Sonic's, Sonic's Ultimate... Ultimate Genesis collection. That's right. But, um, like, one of them didn't have Gunstar Heroes, and one of them didn't have Dynamite Hattie. I see what you're saying. Okay. And so all of these games have been out. I know between those two which game I'm picking. But there <laughs> has not been a collection yeah, with I get this it. I get set it. I get of it. games prior. Sorry, I've been distracted. I've been streaming off. Since I'm on YouTube playing all these trailers, I found um, 10 examples of time travelers who've been caught on tape. Because we were talking about time travelers. What? You yelled at me earlier. We were talking about evidence for time travelers. I found 10 evidence of time travelers appearing on tape. It's like, um, yeah. Yeah, get off that clickbait. (sighs) But yeah, I I mean, and someone actually put out a chart that showed the differences between the different collections. And this one definitely seems like the most complete, with the caveat that it does not have Sonic 3 or Sonic and Knuckles. Uh, Any Genesis collection that doesn't have lock-on technology, I think, is a complete failure. Yeah, um, that's unfortunate, but I don't know. Maybe they just can't figure out how to do the lock-on. Of course they can. (laughs) They just don't want to. I don't know why. You gotta, you gotta put a computer on top of your other computer. <laughs> oh man! Good I still can't. I still can't wait for this. 
It's basically my answer to the Genesis Classic. All right. We had a review this week. Yes, we did. You wrote it. I did. You touched, I finally finished it. You touched girls. I did. Yeah, we kind of already talked about it. Demon Gaze 2. Yeah. I, I, I finished it and reviewed it. You found it above average. And that the yeah. challenge was unbalanced. And that it was yes. long. Yes. <laughs> I'm sure it will be shorter for you. <laughs> you think? It, 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 in general, like I thought it was pretty good. It... Like we talked about, it it definitely has its moments where it kind of goes, where you'll cruise through dungeons and then you get to a a boss and you get party wiped and you're like, oh geez, where the hell did that come from? But like the the grinding was really good. Um, man, we didn't talk about the the fast forward feature in it. That was great. That is have, really have nice. That? So you can basically like program your party. You, you can like uh, choose the the different uh, actions you want your party to take, and then you can just fast forward through the action. So when you're fighting scrubs, it makes grinding just go by like like that. That is nice. So like um, when you choose everybody's actions, you can either choose to do a normal round or you can choose to fast forward, which is just blah 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 blah, blah done. <laughs> um, Doesn't it also have auto dungeon? move where you can just pick pick a point on the map and automatically go to it. Yep. And it will yep. it will choose the best route there and back. I yep. wish Etrian Odyssey had that. I don't it, like how Etrian Odyssey handles that. Yeah. And, and even after you even if you get into a random encounter along the route, it it will it pick right back going. up after that. Yes, that yep. is very nice. Like it has a lot of little very smart quality of life features. There are parts of it that you know, are annoying or parts of it that are kind of disappointing. Like, I, I think maybe I was a little bit more down on the graphics playing it on PS4, where it was just much more apparent how little, how how budget constrained they obviously were on the game. <laughs> yeah, dungeon layouts are really ugly. <laughs> yeah. There are some dungeons where it's like, okay, we got a wall, we got a floor, we got a door, cut and paste, we're good. <laughs> Yeah, we're done. <laughs> oh man. But you so know, like and like, like was... all of the mechanics are the exactly the same as Ray Gigan. So like those one way <laughs> really? walls right from Ray Gigan. I was just like, Oh no, not this crap again. <laughs> Is that also experience, isn't it? Yeah. They did a ton they've done a ton of Vita. Dungeon yeah, crawlers, and it's so. kind of it's interesting to me because Dungeon Demon Gaze Two is like Ray Gigant and Demon Gaze One had a baby. <laughs> so you're saying they learned some things? Yes. All in all, Demon Gaze Two is superior to Demon Gaze One, mm -hmm. which is what I was asking for. Well, it was hard for it to be worse given your reaction to Demon Gaze One, Anna. <sighs> I might have to be the judge of that since I actually played Demon Gaze One. Well, she played it. Like no, I actually two finished hours. it. Okay. <laughs> All right. So we got some. Sorry. We got some quick news. So <laughs> Sword Art Online Fatal Bullet is uh, has a season pass and upcoming DLC. 
So, um, more power to you if you want that. <laughs> yeah, if you want it, go get it. Uh, Dark Rose Valkyrie has been announced for a PC release. It is coming out April 10th, 2018, and it will have a 20% discount um, for one week after launch. Um, Ease 8 is coming out for Japan on June 28th, 2018. Um, the Switch version is also planned for North America and Europe in summer 2018, but has not had a release date locked down at this time. So Neurovoider is available Tuesday. Um, Tuesday. On March 20th. Um, on the Vita. So if you haven't picked up Neurovoider, this is where your on brain PC, and machine and PS4, your Xbox One, or Nintendo Switch, you can pick it up on the Vita instead. Um, and Sunless Skies um, is coming out. Uh, sorry, is coming out with a second region um, on April fourth, twenty eighteen. It is the sequel to sunless seas and it is available now on early access so that's our news for today so now we can jump into feedback so our question of the week last week was what beloved classic rpg that everyone loves do you think sucks so we know josh's it was one of yeah. the tactics because that's what spawned the question oh i have one chris's is final fantasy 7 it is <laughs> it's not terrible, but it's not as good as people think. And no, I I, uh, I get you. I can see why people kind of fell out of love with that game. I, I still love it, but I'm just like that. Mine's Chrono Trigger. You're just oh! wrong. You're just wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Super Mario RPG. Oh, Ooh. I'm done with all of you. And no, I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of with him on <laughs> Super Mario dare. RPG <laughs> because <laughs> that game did not age well. It was really good when it came out, but I've actually tried to replay that game twice in the last three or four years. It is awful now. Malo uh, is not I'm... a frog. What? Yeah. See. That game, even if you don't appreciate it as a game, at least it has a, a story and characters that you just love and appreciate and think fondly on. Like, remember Gino? Aren't you all still sad about Gino? No. See? Yeah, you have no heart. <laughs> I think I'm... Mine might be the most controversial of all. Earthbound. Nope, totally agree with you. I've repeatedly Thank tried you. to play it, and I just can't. Vindicated. No, you haven't tried to play it. You watched me play it a little bit and said, oh, I'm not going to like that. Chris, I'm not even going to try it. I've played it. When's the last time you tried? I think I was still living in Vancouver. Someone loaned me their Super Nintendo card, and I mailed it back to them. <laughs> Return to sender. I want I, no part of this. That, that was like one of the first things I bought on my Wii U when I got it because I'd heard so many podcasts just it just spew love for this game. And I'm like, okay, surely I'm going to love this game. And I was so bored that I was put to sleep. And the inventory system in that game is Ooh, awful. Yeah. Inventory is not that great, and, no. <laughs> and I think the graphics are, I mean, I'm not even a graphics whore, and I think the graphics are just laughably bad in that game. And I... I couldn't stand the battle system other than you know actually killing stuff when you're over leveled 
and oh i cannot stand that game and i do not get why it has so much love and i've i've made people like mad at me for saying that i think i posted twitter screenshots of someone on facebook just like ripping me a new one for saying that it was overrated <sighs> screw that game <laughs> i said it no and and my other issue is that mother fans are insufferable you could say that about any vocal fans, right? No, no, mother fans are insufferable. I mean, every press conference, like, where's Mother 3? Well, hold on. First of all, Mother 3 is a different game than Mother 1. I, I don't and care. People, well, okay, but the people <laughs> who care are looking for an improved Earthbound experience that builds upon their love of the old one and modernizes some of the systems, which I, might be I a game know. you actually like. So that's okay no, for them to want that. I, I I get wanting that, but my problem with Mother fans is that they act like that they're the only people that have never gotten a game that they wanted localized. Am I wrong? I I don't know what to say. <laughs> you might be right. But do, don't you remember Xenoblade Chronicles fans? Oh, yeah. If I was, we hadn't I was gotten that, they'd still too. be crying for it. If, if if we wouldn't have gotten that, I would have been like, okay, fine. I'm, I've moved on with my life. You know, it's a game we're not going to get. I just wait for a fan translation. It's all good. Mother fans aren't like that. And I, I do apologize if you are a mother fan that's not like that. That's just the impression I get from every salty mother fan that every Nintendo press conference that they don't get their mother three. And you can send all hate tweets to... <laughs> to Anna Marie. Ask Nights. Wheels. It's to, Ask to Wheels. Ask Wheels. Oh. To a ask Wheels, yes. <laughs> well, I, I could do my Twitter, but hey, if Mac wants to take the heat. At ask Wheels. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so Anna, do we have some listener responses? Yes, we do. Um, Gobas on the forum says, does Seiken Densetsu 3 count, even though it was never actually localized? So maybe everyone loves that our beloved classic is a stretch, but the view on it tends to be far more favorable than my own. I think Legend of Mana is better than Seiken Densetsu 3. Actually way better, because I think LOM is an okay but flawed game, and that Seiken Densetsu 3 is a bad game. Final Fantasy 12, but a lot of people hate that, and I wouldn't call it a classic. I know there are others, but I have a lot of things like this but now that you ask I'm suddenly have trouble thinking of them well there's two that's not exactly a beloved classic but it does seem to be a fan favorite among fans of the series I think it is far far worse than either the first or the third game and then it's one of the most boring RPGs I've played to the end Xeno Saga another one that's another dubious beloved classic status but my intense and hatred of the game does not seem to be matched by many people I don't like that game this text is too slow um, Strawberry Eggs on the forum says, while I would hardly say it sucks, I do have a lower opinion of Chrono Trigger compared to most people. Yeah, Vindication! It's a good game. Heck, it's a very good game, but I don't think it's the be-all, end-all of oh, RPGs. Oh, oh, they think it's a very good game. Do you think it's a very good game? It's okay. Yeah, see? That's <laughs> why I respect them more than you. Uh, <laughs> I can name many RPGs I think are better. I can even name several soundtracks I think are better than Chrono Trigger's music. You or him? 
Strawberry. Oh, you or her? Strawberry. Okay, strawberry. Uh, Victor on the forums. Question of the week. The original Dragon Quest sucked and was an incredibly boring grind fest. Oh, this is not untrue, actually. Dragon Quest 2 was much more interesting, both in story and in gameplay. You go back to them, you have to be in a certain frame of mind. (laughs) The original Wizardry NES version earned my personal eternal hatred for how terrible, cheap, and obnoxiously punishing a game it is. And many of his sequels were just as cruel. Listen, Victor, we didn't know what we were doing back then, okay? This is the best we had, and we liked it. I've been told that by the time the series reached Wizardry 8, it got better, but I can't speak from personal experience. By the time it got to Wizardry 8, it also stopped being a Western-developed RPG and started to become a Japanese-developed RPG. It's always been bigger in Japan, apparently. Yeah, it, mm-hmm. it stopped being developed in the West, and some Japanese company bought the. And at some point, it's sci-fi. You realize, and there's multiple planets and spaceships, yeah. <laughs> which I think is the best it thing ever. Weird. Though I don't think Eight does any of that, but um, some of them, yeah, there's like this whole sci-fi element to it, which I think is amazing. So we need a question of the week. What have we been talking about this week? How, about How wrong game? do you think Anne-Marie is? No. <laughs> no. No. How about... Your responses oh, no, 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 to no, no, no. Ask Wheels. No, no, no. How about this one? Have you ever bought a game you were ashamed of? That's just what I was about to oh. say. Put that in the notes. I'm adding it now. Uh. <laughs> oh, God. I, I could fill a whole cast with this. And it doesn't even have to be because it was adult-oriented. It just that's what we're all open-ended question. <laughs> Have you ever bought a game you were ashamed of? Just is is this because of my Omega Labyrinth? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the fact that you pre-ordered Omega Labyrinth, even though it is no, no, I didn't. No, I didn't pre-order it. Listen, I mean, you pre-ordered it. You've got no. a, you've got a beta copy. Nin- Ninji in the audience went ahead and pre-ordered it. Oh yeah. No, I did. I did not pre-order it because, like I said, I wanted to see how pervy it was really going to be and. I might just see if it's on clearance or something just to add it to the collection. I'm going to buy it when it goes like 4.99 on Vita. Yeah. And then <laughs> and then feel ashamed of myself. <laughs> All right. So what games are coming out this week, Chris? Ah, let me tell you. There's two of them <laughs> as no. far as RPGs go. Titan Quest is getting its console release on P- PS4 and Xbox One, it looks like. Um, and uh, who's who's into Titan Quest? Uh, not I. Nobody? No. All right. Does it have a, a Switch version? I played it a long time ago. The, the, the Titan Quest Switch version is announced for later this year. Okay, so I may have pre-ordered that without one, even yeah. thinking about it. Which is fine. It's just uh, you got to wait for it. I'm I'm yeah. thinking like you that I kind of want it on Switch. I think that'd be fun as a pick up and play Diablo game. Um, yeah. But in the meantime, uh, if you want a Diablo type game, it, it this improved version that you're getting on consoles. It's the 10th anniversary version essentially, uh, or it is, and they've already released that as a patch for the PC version like last year, right? Um, so you could play it on PC if you already have it because uh, they. They redid it, and everyone who owned Titan Quest like got it. So, um, Nino Kuni Two Revenant Kingdom is coming out this week. So, if you've been looking forward to that sequel, yay! Um, I can't yeah. wait. That is going to be hitting soon. I have a um, a steel case for that game. Thank you, Anna. You're welcome. But 
I don't have the game pre-ordered, so I don't know what I'm going to do about that. <laughs> uh, mostly because I just want to play more Monster Hunter. <laughs> Can this whole game, this whole year, just be Monster Hunting? It could. That could be fun. All right. That's all I got for you, Anna. I need all to right. kill more people in Darkest Dungeon. Okay. So Chris is going to play Darkest Dungeon this week. Not really. Chris is not going to play Darkest Dungeon. I'm playing it right now, but I'm also intimidated by it. What are you going to play this week? I am going to be wrapping up Dragon Quest Heroes, hopefully, and starting Nino Kuni 2. Assuming it gets here by Tuesday, because I don't think Amazon said it had release day delivery or not. Jonathan, what are you going to be playing? Probably more into the breach, get more achievements. Uh, I need to finish up War Song so you can look forward to hear me talk even more about War Song in the next backtrack. Josh, what are you going to play? Uh, more of the same, into the breach and Yakuza Kiwami. I'm going to throw my Vita. I mean, I'm going to play Taming Case too. You throw your Vita at me? No. You're going to pet the Vita. I'm going to touch girls. <laughs> you. <laughs> I'm remembering when you used the Vita to cover Simon's bald spot on Twitter. It was a good use for it. (laughs) All right. So if you want to leave feedback for the show, our email address is podcast at rpgamer.com. You can call or text us at 608-729-4098. You can go to forums.rpgamer.com and find the thread under latest updates. You can listen to the show live every Saturday at noon Eastern or 9 Pacific at twitch.tv slash rpgamer. So thanks, everybody, for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.